and welcome to episode 433 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and as always, joining me is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. That's Jason Bourne. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. (laughs) And his door is always open. It's Tony Esmond. Never fucking open. You've told me off for having my door open, so I've closed it. Don't open don't the door, you. Tony. You I said to me once. Although I was trying to open yours, in we had the door between rooms, and I was doing the goat, wasn't I? Trying to show you the goat. Mm, yeah, it was an actual <laughs> goat as well. Welcome <laughs> Look like to one. <laughs> Big scary to... eyes. Yeah. Just goes. <laughs> I've drawn um, two eyes on w- them. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> uh, it is another week of talking comics and nonsense. We're going to be talking about some monstrous stuff this week. Um, we do have a very special guest lined up due to some technical issues. It isn't this week. The internet going I, down. I, I posted <laughs> it on social media, but no one ever looks at social media these days. So. Well, we hinted at it at the drink and draw as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, people were expecting it. But it is definitely coming soon. So, and hugely excited about it. But as it's as it's spooky month, I haven't called it a name. We haven't we haven't called this month a name, have we? Like no, 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 no. October. As we yeah. as we lead in to our sort of Halloween horror special, which is a couple of days before Halloween this year, which is quite exciting. So, oh, is it? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, Halloween's on a oh, Tuesday this year. Yeah, the episode yeah. drops on a Monday, Halloween Tuesday. Exactly, oh, okay. which means all the trick or treaters will probably turn up at the weekend, completely throw my weekend off. I better start pissing in that bucket, and like. Yeah, well, I mean... Is that for, is that for Halloween? I, I don't Just think that's... Just throwing right. out the It's got nothing to do with Halloween, Dan. Trick or treat, splash. <laughs> the old the old medieval fortress te- <laughs> defence technique. Yeah. <laughs> but this one's come dressed as a postman, splash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mother-in-law is a pot round. Splash. Dressed up as a mother-in-law. The local I mean, vicar. So, <laughs> basically, Tony's going to be fueled by Evian water... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot during this episode. Yeah, <laughs> buckets of urine out of the top window. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, in a I, super soaker, ready to fire. I suppose you'd have to get the buckets ready. Well, save them up, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, I get that thing. We can't always go if you're made oh, to get. If you have to go, smell. it's difficult, isn't it? The absolute. Yeah. Can you just? Uh, I mean, we're, oh. we're imaginative people. We we create. I do drink a lot of water anyway, so it's never like dark yellow. No, you know no. what I mean. Pale straw. Is it the color of pale straw? That means you're well hydrated. Yeah, that's good. What load of old piss this show is so far, and we haven't even properly gotten into it. <laughs> In other words, don't come to my house. <laughs> I can imagine quite a high, high percentage of our listeners do bottle their own piss and keep it. So <laughs> I think we're probably hitting a metric there. I, d- I just for drinking uh, in the morning. A Dan Butcher does not speak for all of us. Um, I think that's just, no? okay. just no, a me fellow, fellow me stories. <laughs> If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Welcome oh, Christ, to- <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, this is, um, we always get a bit crazy when it's just the three of us. And we've yeah. got some. That fun- started bad. That's yeah. not going to end well. Yeah. Well, if it starts bad, it can always get better. It rarely does. But you can only <laughs> it, it, it can. And we live in hope. And uh, that's what this. <laughs> This show's all about all about hope, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, every week I hope to read some great comments. And do you know where you can go to read some great comments, guys? Comic House, Comic House, Comic House. Our lovely sponsors, as always, who uh, probably sit through the beginning of the show just thinking, "Should we be doing this?" Yeah, 
look look at this terrible unprofessional beginning of a show but they still sponsor us anyway yeah. and they are an indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as we do and as much as you do if you're listening to this show yes if you go to comichouse.com there's a huge selection of titles on their, da- on their database people have added their work on there you can do it as well it's another avenue to get your work out to the world there's also the digital app which is brilliant we've used mm. it quite a lot it's basically on Netflix for comics like subscription service only £3 a month which isn't that much as at all and you get access to an enormous and ever-growing library of digital indie comics. Uh, what's on there at the moment, Dan? We've got John Lee Nonley, Volume 1. I love, issue I love two. listening to you say that. I don't know. Uh, got Headless, Volume 1. We've got Sicko, Volume 1, Issue 1. Oh. And we've got Bloop and the Pigeon Pandemic, which is currently now on... No, it's uh, reached its goal now, isn't it? Yeah, reached its goal. Nice. Take more money and gone. There's a free 22-page sample, which you can check out on Comic House, or you can just back the comic on Kickstarter, which nice. I implore you to do. Which you can't, because yes. it's finished. Oh, you can't because it's finished. <laughs> so Dan's imploring did nothing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we never know when people are going to listen to this show. But no, I'm sure you could uh, you could reach out to Alex and say, yeah. "Hey, I'd like a copy." Yeah. Of- oh, I yeah. didn't get in on that. Yeah, we should we should should because Alex is great. Heard all about it on the Awesome Comics podcast. Yeah, during their terrible those, those comic house. those cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to get those past piss, that awful bit about piss. The piss stories <laughs> mentioned it on the piss hoarders the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, sorry, Pete, but you and the lovely Hopefully, comic yeah. house people have to put up with this on a weekly oh, basis. Still doing the advert, but Hopefully, people will listen to this and check it out, and if they want to and find out about a 14-day free trial to this digital comic service, go to comichouse.com. Please do. So, um, before we get stuck in to the frivolity and uh, the shout-outs and the recommendations and the talking about some pretty um, monstrous comics... Uh, sorry, there was, it was a bit of a pun because we were. He's gone partridge like, early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, the, the way I see it, if I make myself laugh, that's the best audience. It's all that counts, um, mate. That's yeah. all that counts. Uh, but before we get into that, there, we of course got to acknowledge a, a sad bit of news um, th- this week. Uh, Tony, if you want to take it away. Yeah, so we the passing of Keith Giffen mm. um, was a bit of a kick in the bollocks for me. I put it on the Slack, actually. I, I really like him. I really like him, and I really like his comics, put yeah. it that way, which is not necessarily the, you know, always the case. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I followed him before I really paid any from when I was a kid before I really paid any attention to who was in the creator boxes and stuff you know yeah. um I think I first noticed his name when he did some defenders uh, the Scorpio stuff I loved it it was just he was full on sort of a bit in the same way that Barry Windsor Smith aka Barry Smith did that sort of Kirby thing he was full on Kirby back then um and then I noticed him again when he did the Legion of Superheroes run he did which was just superlative absolutely brilliant um which I'm in the middle of rereading at the moment, um, known to different people for different reasons, which I think, you know, some might know him for Trencher, some might know him for Ambush Bug, some might know him for the Justice League stuff he did as a writer, you know, some might know him for the New 52, which he did as a writer. Um, a real, I remember, so I put this I put this interaction on, on the Slack, but I was in New York one day and I was chatting to John Suntress and I said, oh, you know, is he'd at the time, I think, hadn't got to interview or had only briefly interviewed um, Keith. And I said, oh, is he here? Because I want to, well, I really love to meet him. 
And he says, oh, yeah, I think I don't think he is here, Tony, but be careful because he, he can be quite grumpy. And he had this reputation of being quite grumpy. I've got a reputation of being quite grumpy. It's not a problem. And uh, I bumped into him. He was signing at the Heroes table. I went, oh, hello, mate. And uh, I got him, got some signed prints off him. Um, and I'd bought a page of his as well, that same convention. And I went a bit too fanboy. Do you ever do that? Where you go a little bit yeah, too fanboy, yeah. almost embarrass yourself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, oh, it's nice because we share the same birthday, which he sort of looked up sideways looked at me and and a grin on his face because he knew i knew what he was thinking and he was like don't be a fucking stalker the other yeah, reason yeah, like that. he didn't yeah. say that but he, i said oh no, no i'm not no i, I, said, I, I sort of straight went and said i don't know just notice it comes up on facebook you know and uh we always look to see the same <laughs> birthday as us don't we do you ever do that it's, i seem to draw some kind of weird implication what, what celebs have got the same birthdays yeah yeah I know Betty Boo's got the same birthday as you, Dan, isn't she? It used to, this is uh, my shock and outrage, uh, many of the listeners, but I used to share a birthday with Princess Diana. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Why can you see, what yeah. do you mean? Can There's you something similar that? about well, them, isn't there? It's almost like a kind of a virtuous, I'm not, it's almost like your actual per, twin. Person, you know what, person of the people. Touching, I'm not touching this. I will say that um, I share a birthday with Paul McCartney. Oh, we're, we're different ages yes yeah there's something about you two that's similar <laughs> what, me and anyway so so going back to Keith Kiffin because sadly we've lost him and I did yeah. I did really fucking like him yeah um, that's a shame I think he was was he 70 I think yeah. um, he's another one of those these days, isn't it? big names you know what I mean that's like a real massive lasting indelible mm. yeah yeah yeah. I, I texted Al Henderson with, look, we've lost another one, mate. You know, like that. Yeah. That's how I feel at the moment. We're losing the greats. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like it's just going to be never-ending now, isn't it? Of just the, yeah. all, all the people we used to kind of look up to and admire in the comics. And, yeah, he's only and 14 years older than me. I mean, I um, I didn't so much know a lot of his sort of artwork and, you know, a lot of people who were sort of major fans of him like knew that the trencher and like ambush but you know all all of that yeah video jack um yeah. but i still had to sort of post something because like he was responsible for one of in my mind one of the greatest runs of comics that justice league international yeah yeah he was co-writer on that wasn't he co- right. co-writer of some of the most fun i've had reading comics mm. yeah it's just untouchable so it's like mm. Yeah, very very sad news. Um, but like you say, you know, hopefully, I mean, the year is almost almost done. Well, so, yeah, you know, fingers crossed we don't lose anyone this year. It, yeah, anyone yeah. else? Yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as always, when we when we talk about these things, um, go back and read some of their back catalogue. Read some of those yeah. comics that so, you, you yeah. remember and you love, and great way to honor them. Yeah, if, if, yeah if definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, sometimes really it's a, it's a rediscovering. I and I think with comics is a very special medium in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to these sort of comics. You know, the comics you you deeply love. Um, some people may may argue the case, but sometimes when you're a kid, and you grow up with like media, uh, a TV show or a movie. And you're like, oh, I love that. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. And then when you get older, uh, you become a supposed adult. And you go back <laughs> and watch it and go, oh, God, I should have never returned to this. Whereas comics have, 
for me, a lot of the time, when I go back to pick some of the, the comics that brought me absolute joy, it almost amplifies it. I go back and I, oh, redis- yeah. I rediscover. It's like, oh, yeah. God, this was so good. There's so much joy to be had in going back to reread those classics, isn't there? The, the, the things that you love yeah. when you were a kid. Even a if it's, well, not a, it's not a classic, even if it's just a run that you and only yeah. you loved, yeah. it's, it's wonderful going back to read those comics, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, we yeah, only did know. it quite recently, but when I went, got that uh, another copy of the Batman uh, comic from the, the motion picture, the yeah. one, I was just like fucking got transported back. It was like, oh, oh this God, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, amazing. That's one of the best adaptions ever, as well. <laughs> I like, I yeah, that, I, I, I think that. that still still stands to this day as like one of the best. Yeah, I don't think they should have done the whole Batman eighty nine comic verse, but <laughs> I gave it a go. I read two or three issues of it, and I was like, "Yeah, this ain't for me." The Superman but... one's all right. I quite okay. like that one. Yeah, that was all right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, but uh, as I mentioned in the show, they they tried to kind of dump in a bit too much modern day politics into it, and I was like. That's not really what you should have been doing with this, but there we go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Kill some breeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, grab a, grab some Giffin, read some. I'm reading his Legion run at the moment. It's a little sort of read. I like to have a, like, a little reading project on the go. Um, yeah, I'm loving it, man. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And there you go. Um, but this week, as you say, um, the... The candy is on the shelves now. The Halloween decorations are going everywhere. And uh, horror movies, horror books, horror everything is starting to cultivate. It does get more and more every year, doesn't it? When I was yeah, kid, I was going to say, it feels Halloween more like this year. Yeah. 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 You said when he was a kid, it was a non entity. Yeah, yeah, completely. Which is a shame. It's a marketing I, dream now, isn't it? I, yeah, yeah, I really wanted to be. I mean, still, it still annoys me that they. Um, promote christmas over the top of it do you know what I mean like, yeah give it a rest let's get halloween done first yeah. i know i know you love christmas tony i know that's your... i do love christmas mate yeah, yeah. yeah. there's still a, to marketeers there's a lot more money you can be making in halloween before you roll yeah. christmas out yeah. so i mean yeah. you think of it in that big, terms yeah it's one big marketing and uh money you got you so got halloween which you love vince don't you then you got yeah. christmas so you get a bit of a rest you know before you get the next one up is valentine's day which i know is quite a tiring holiday for you isn't it well, for me, generally, like the uh, obviously the postman, I feel my heart goes out yeah. to them, staggering up and down. What do you do? Do you just go in a shop and buy five cards at once, or do you go to five different shops just because it's less embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, this is trade secrets here, T. I don't want to be giving it away. Kind of... Moon, moon pig, moon pig are busy yeah. on that day for you. Moon pig, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Just got to make sure you de- it doesn't auto fill the names and get yourself in a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Into Flora got you tagged, mate. <laughs> Talking to Jason Bourne, they're all over you with surveillance. Yeah. <laughs> hello, is that Interflora? Ah, oh, Mr. Oh, hello, Dan. Right, clear <laughs> decks, Dan. everyone. All going away for a weekend on the basis yeah. of what this geezer's about to spend. Ma- ma- yeah, must be Valentine's again. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Butcher, here we go. Right, I've got. Make sure you got a, f- a load of ink in your pen. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear he is the milk tray man google it <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> but first Viagra sales have gone up again what <laughs> what, a, what a turn of phrase <laughs> do they even flog milk they can tray use that. have that viagra have it. you can use it in your pr <laughs> do they even flog milk tray anymore is that still a thing 
like yeah, that. I yeah. Remember, I, remember I don't, I don't think there's a garage on any motor. <laughs> I've told you, I've told you this story every night, where I forgot to get something from the lady in my life at the time, and uh, I was drunk going home, and it was like just before midnight, and thought, "Fucking hell, this is my last half hour of getting anything." So I got a box of chocolates, but because the garage was closed, the dude had to force them under the night window, and it bent them in half. (laughs) So, and they say, "Sound the bastards." I've I've mentioned this many times, but there's the Viz strip where, like. the fat slags and Barry comes out the pub late and there's a queue around the block on Christmas Eve and like all the blokes queue in at the petrol station to get some Ferrero Rocher for their missus. <laughs> I told you the story about my mate. It was a quick one before we get back to comics, which is I know should. But my mate is he's fucking sadly passed away, Gary. He was a massive fucking geezer. He lived he lived in Crystal Palace and we were all out on the piss and he went, Oh fucking hell, I haven't got anything for my missus for Valentine's Day. Oh no, do I get her a pizza? Right, so he got one of those <laughs> massive, massive fucking pizzas. You know, like, you know, you, your arms have to stretch out to be able to carry yeah. it flat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he fucking puts it under his arm, goes back, can't get his keys to work in the door, so kicks his door off, right? <laughs> and his missus, who is in bed, she comes out rubbing her eyes all tired. What have you done? What have you done? He says, don't you worry, darling. Put those pots and pans away. I've got you a pizza. And he put it on the table, opened it, and the pizza had slid out out the side of the box. <laughs> and the <laughs> after kicking off the front door there. Yeah. <laughs> put those pots and pans away he gets saying that all day the following day got her out of bed <laughs> <laughs> don't worry I've got your pizza where's the fucking pizza it's so so on the pavement <laughs> god what a horror show love that dude <sighs> we can spin of... it around to horror comics yeah. speaking of horror yes Yes, we um, we love monsters, and we and I think in, when in the realm of comics, above all else, uh, I think a, a good monster is pretty much untouchable in, in comics. I think, and certainly, we're going through the eerie archives. Um, mm. You know, of which you see that be... um, Creepy's now in the Humble Bundle. Is oh, really? really? Yeah, exactly the same again. They've done it as Creepy. Oh, I reckon gosh. they'll probably do Vampirella next. Oh, Should we pivot from eerie onto creepy? We'll be there. Well, for, well, I think uh, we'll be there for months. <laughs> we, we, we'll see, we're only doing it for uh, October. Dan, do so. we have? Do we have enough like hard drive space? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need to buy another terabyte yeah. drive. Yeah, on my desk. I've, Google Cloud to like. To but you can. I know um, Alan Harvey was saying this. When he was saying you can, I think it was Alan was saying you can just leave it on humble bundle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Any point you can go back one to your... at a time. Yeah. Because yeah. I got three or four on there. I forgot I had the 2008 AD one, and I logged into Humble Bundle because I hadn't logged into it for ages. Because let's face it, I love Humble Bundle, but they will email you every five minutes. Yeah. Yes. I had uh, to like come that. off of that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a straw that you never need to wash. It's like, what's this? I don't want this. Like, why? Why are you sending me this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one comics. <laughs> you never know when you might find something that you like on there, though. It's dangerous. Yeah. Because, true. Like. I'm always kind of a bit cautious about stuff. I mean, you know, when they yeah. say, well, you can get it anytime you want. And then one day you log in and say, oh, Humble Bundle's gone now. So, like, oh, my things. Like, no, yeah, can't. that's what I always yeah. worry about. Yeah. 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 And we kind of, there's a lot of that going on at the moment, isn't there? Because we always thought Comixology would be there forever. And now Comixology is yeah. happening to Comixology. Right. Same with the Marvel app and stuff like that as well. Because I kind of rely on that really to read my weekly comics, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, so Creepy's on there, and Vampirella, we think, is going to be next. So Okay. Nice. Yep. Nice. So, is there uh, an overall arc with Vampirella? Like, yeah, this, I was going to talk the character... about this in my... Okay. okay. Yeah, this is my character in a minute. So we've each chosen one, haven't we? So I'll, I'll... Yeah. Yeah, we were looking well, at um, sort of like monsters in comics and what monsters we like uh, or like to read in comics. And certainly, I, I think the horror genre in particular is, it is one... When it comes to like a superhero genre, it's very specific to an individual. Like you like that particular um, superhero, or you know whether it be an Iron Man or a Captain America or a Batman. You know, it's, it's really specific. But with horror, normally they're they're mini genres within the genres um, mm. by virtue of the monster. Whether it be you know you got your vampire books, you got your werewolf books, you got your zombie books, you got your your ghost books. You got it just. Think of your demons, devils, all of that good stuff. Um, but within those genres are, a mil- are like just thousands of different characters, stories, one-offs. Some some of them are ongoing franchises. Some of them are one-and-done stories. In fact, most many of them are one-and-done. Um, and I think to for a horror character to be an ongoing sort of legacy it's got to have something a little bit more to it which gives definitely a bit, a bit the, of longevity the, the, the sort of subtext to kind of what the character's yeah, yeah. about or yeah. yeah so we're just going to this week we're just going to talk about which the particular I hate to say the word genre the, the, the monster we like yeah, and what are the ones that are good worked? What are some of the long running ones? What the what doesn't work for you in those particular comics? You know, are there standouts? We're not going to talk about ones that you shouldn't check out because what's the point of it? Mm. But and and of course, as it's the the horror season, um, we'll only pick our our certain sort of particular flavors, but keep the conversation going in the Slack channels or online. Just shout out your favorite horror monsters, their series, their comics. Sometimes their comics that they're a series that were fantastic, but maybe in like, I don't know, the early two thousands and now yeah. no one knows about it. Do you know what I mean? It may have been a mini series for Marvel that that is completely flown under people's radar. Um I so, think uh, if you focus on why does it work for you and why yeah. why does it why does it appeal to you? Yeah. Um, so I think to kick us off, um, Tony Esmond, you you have a particular character. Vincent Hunt, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm joined by Mr. Tony Esmond. Uh, <laughs> there'll be more talking like that later, but we won't. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Looking forward to that. Um, you've, you immediately went to a specific character. Now, yeah, I think I maybe just didn't understand the uh, the task because it was a bit, no, of, no, it no. Was a, but, bit of a, a bit but, of a last minute one. Wasn't yeah, it? This, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. this is a this is a particular character I think, which is a brilliant offshoot to talk about other things because I, you know, even though you did um, very uh, back in the past, you um, gifted me a trade of this character. Oh, didn't I, I did? Yeah, didn't way, I? Yeah, way yeah, back, way back, yeah, yeah. yeah. which um, was the collection of this character from these comics. Yeah, yeah. But that, of course, this character has had a long life in comics and it goes in all kinds of different directions. So just for the our audience at home, who is this character? So I went with... Yeah. um, I went with Vampirella. Um, As you know, I love love the trashy. I do like the Mm. sort of um, subculture trash type stuff. Mm. And 
to be fair, there's some examples of people who've dressed her in comics and it just hasn't sold. <laughs> yeah. Right. So she has that classic. It's it's basically the Borat Mankini. Yeah. Red. Yeah. I know they, they try and kind of sometimes they show oh, she wouldn't never wear this, try a sensible suit. And it's like it kind of goes against the yeah the underlying thing of the series. It's there was one uh, big kickoff, one creator got on it and just caused a stir and nobody's interested and yeah. He says, oh, no, she's a detective and she dresses up in a biker outfit. And you're like, nobody cares, mate. We just want to see side boob. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit of that, really. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, so she she is probably the schlockiest of the schlocky, I think, at the moment. Okay. Um, created by two people. The second one is going to be a quiz in a second. The, the, the writer was Forrest Jackman, who was, who was a magazine publisher, literary agent. Very much, if you read any of the histories of San Diego and Comic-Cons and nerd nerd geek cult whatever you want to call it culture he is really at the center of it his house was something of a um a magnet for nerds and monster fans and monster movie fans and stuff like that he's a really interesting character i'd love to read a book about him actually to be fair and now do you know which absolute um women hater you know what what absolute terrible toxic individual created her costume do you know oh i don't know no, I ain't got a clue. What a horrible man. What a horrible, sexist, cigar-smoking, pipe-smoking, tie-wearing man created it. That could be a lot of men. No, it's Trina, Ro- no it's Trina Robbins. It was a woman who created that outfit. Wow, okay. Yeah, which is a little bit of a defence when people say, oh, this is just sexist. Well, it was created by Trina Robbins, who also was massive in the um, um, female underground comics movement as well. So it's an interesting side thing. Um so where we've previous where we've talked about pre- previously in previous weeks, we've got the eerie and the creepy magazines, which have a horror host, you know, Uncle Eerie yeah. and all this yes. sort of thing. Yeah, she was also the host of Vampirella, in a way, but in different to Creepy and Eerie, she has her own story going on. Okay, so it will often have a story centered around her um, by various different artists. You know, they, a lot of Spanish Gonzales come in did it. You know, some really beautiful art going on in it. Um, there's also a a paperback novel series i think it's three or four paperbacks they're actually not that easy to find now by ron goulart who is um comics stroke movies stroke, really interesting oh, man, character i know that well. name yeah, yeah yeah you will do yeah yeah um now she she's got this interesting backstory which has been changed another number of times and kind of revived revised pardon pardon me over the history of the comic um series when it bumps about between writers and companies and stuff like that but she comes from a uh she comes from a place called draculon which is a planet um, where the water, basically water on that planet is blood. So swap out water on this planet where it flows down rivers and is in the earth and stuff. On her planet, it's blood, coppery sort of tasting blood. Um, And they're not bad people. They're called the Vampiri. They're not like evil, a race of evil monsters or anything like that. She is mostly written as a good character. She's kind of like a vampire She's even written as a vampire superhero on occasion. Yeah. Um, and it depends which version of the story you read about her. Dracula is a villain from her planet who's come to Earth. If that makes sense. So they kind of yeah. rehash the vampire Dracula thing. Um, a US spaceship lands, crash lands on her planet, and she ends up coming back back to Earth with them. Um, have you have you guys read much? I know Vince, you've read that that collection, which is mm. pretty good actually. So that collects all the stories from her magazine that feature her if you see what i mean yeah pretty good i don't think you can get it anymore i think it might be out of print now that one. Oh, yeah i mean it's, no it's extremely pulpy isn't it it's got that sort of yeah. real pulp vibe yeah. to it 
Yeah, I don't know uh, much about the character at no. all. <laughs> it was the, it, it was a character that was, and um, we constantly reference the old wizard days. Um, but Vampirella was one of those ones that you always see front and center. I think that um, was when it was at Harris yeah. Comics. Yes, yeah, yeah totally. Um, and there was always the you know Vampirella is one of the classic photo covers. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, long before cosplay covers. Yeah, there was the odd photo cover of her. I mean, it was a terrible movie made in the nineties. Um, very little actually about Vampirella, but there's some you know some movies clearly just been about her, but a different name. But uh, how Carolyn Monroe never played a vamp- Vampirella and Vampirella. Yeah, because she uh, seems like an absolute dis- shoo-in. Perfection, yeah. 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 Um, so I went to Harris. Um, it's been to a number of places, and, and it's kind of found its home at Dynamite. I think the, the dude who I was being told the other day, the dude who owns Dynamite, is a massive Vampirella fan. So it's, it's it's stayed there. It's had, when you say numerous, untold amount of different series. Um, main series, Vengeance of... You know, this sort of thing. The Rage of Vampirella and the Scar- Scarlet Legion. It's had various Halloween and Valentine's Day specials as well. Something called Southern Gothic. Rage is the current one. Um, Vampirella Mind Warp just finished, which was kind of like a hippy-dippy um, mod kind of Vampirella story. Okay. Really nice I remember looking. reading the uh, one on uh, Comic House where it's uh, Vampirella oh, yeah. Aliens. That's all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. It sort of plays yeah. with the fact they're, they're a chest burst that comes out of her chest, and but she can kind of deal with it because she's a, a vampire and it heals. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Um, Dynamite, which is a which is the big crossover in the, the 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 various universes, but she does cross over. It's it's a mess of team ups. So you try and keep up with the continuity on Vampirella. It's not easy. So she's teamed up with Dawn. Do you remember Dawn? Character? Yes, Michael. Um, I was, well, is that right? Michael? Yeah, Michael. Oh. Michael Lin, no, Linsner. Yeah, Joe Michael yeah. Linsner. Linsner. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm fucking hell. Mine's uh, like fucking toffee today. <laughs> um, Jennifer Blood, Kiss. She's done a comic with Kiss. Um, Hack Slash, Deja Thoris. You can imagine the fucking side boob per panel on that one. <laughs> um, Reanimator. We've had one of that. Yeah. Numerous, numerous with Red Sonia. That's a regular one. Um, it seems like what well, what is continuity in in that series? <laughs> yeah, do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. if you're just thinking, what is the what is the continuity bible? Which for the most part, you can cut out ninety. Yeah, don't worry all, about it. All and I don't think we stuff, we but... should need to worry about it too much, man. You know, I think with certain like, characters you don't need to, do you? you can nah, just it's just fun. No, yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, I can imagine one of those characters that return to the same thing, the status quo, pretty much at the end of every yeah. bit of arc. I mean, there's a few characters that have kind of, if you, if you know your Vampirella lore, you know these characters are going to turn up. Okay. They're not necessities, you know. Uh, she's done, there's a there's a couple of trades of um, Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica. That's okay, quite fun. Um, Purgatory, do you remember that? The red character? Sort yes, of, yeah. 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 Uh, TNA character. Um, there's been some spin-offs, Sacred Six, which is kind of, Kind of daughters, side characters. Panther is in it. She initially was meant to have also come from Draculon, but they've kind of reworked that again. And uh, the Draculina series, which is a spin-off. Um, she teams up or versus the superpowers. There's a sort of zombie thing going on. But I think it's probably best known now for the there's a there's usually about three ongoings or three comics out a month. Maybe one of them will be a mini um that feature Vampirella out of dynamite. Um, so this, they're clearly selling. They do, it has to be said, probably sell on covers. 
Um, yeah, there's enough. a lot of saucy cosplay covers for her and Red Sonia and stuff like that. Um, I don't tend to get the cosplay covers. I just tend to get whatever's going, really, because it's in my pool list, so they just stick it in. But uh, um, the there's there's been a number of runs. If you're going to look, look out for a run on eBay or something, my recommendations are Kurt Busiak, good. Um, Mark Miller's one's good. Um, Christopher Priest is kind of the daddy of them at the moment. Um, I like Christopher Priest's stuff. He's, he's, he's a bit like a sort of James Robinson to me. Yeah. Right, okay. Professional, knows what he's doing, good yeah, stories, yeah. good fun. Um, avoid the Paul Cornell ones. That's to say that's the one where they decide to dress them up. Then he got in a row with the artist and it all turned a bit weird. Um <laughs> so, so avoid that one. But I'd say if you're gonna go anything by the Christopher Priest thing, if you if you you can I a couple of Christmases ago I just looked him up on in on Comicsology and read a load of them. It's fun. The problem with um, dynamite is their trades aren't cheap. Right. Um, okay. So if you can get them in the second hand market, it's probably easier. But I just like I mean, she's kind of just a character depending on what story she's in sometimes. You know she's this force of nature. She's fairly unbeatable. Um, she'll seduce, stroke fight, stroke out, think, you know, the characters. There's a bit of that going on. Um, and different writers and different artists put their stamp on it. It's, yeah. it's kind of a little cool comic like that. In the same way, a lot of vampire characters, Dracula is very dependent on what the what the writer and artist want to yes. do with him. Yeah. 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 But like, what situation they want to be put in. In terms of like um, the vampire nature of it, like how full because obviously it's, it's quite a weird, wild, wonderful world of Vampirella. Yeah. Um, like the like the horror sort of in it. How horror does it go? Do you know what I mean? How, those those vampire yeah. tropes. I know it subverts a lot of them. It, it changes them. Yeah. It messes them up. But you know what? What are the horror elements that really work for you? With that character there's a number of that do i mean they do this there's a southern noir which is a sort of southern one which is quite good there's um there was a run by christopher priest a couple of years ago in the main title where they end up on a planet that's full of fucking clive barker-esque monsters and they have to fight okay. their way through it and that's pretty cool it does turn up the horror it, it there's no sort of creepy house creepy haunted house yeah. stuff really but it wouldn't be out of ordinary for out of the ordinary for it to happen yeah. Um. She's. I mean, she's one of those. We talk about this a lot, don't we? Where horror is nearly always two things. It's never. It, or it's rarely just horror, is it? It's like horror adventure, yeah. horror, horror thriller, and something else. Horror. Yeah. Noir. You know, there's it's the horror romance, for example. You know, there's a lot. You can pretty much superhero horror even exists, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, like Brightburn or something like that. But it's it it's probably I enjoy it most when it's more the horror but i don't mind the adventure stuff they do quite a lot so mm. i i would be willing to put there's a a story about vampirella in the jungle searching for ink and gold or you know vampirella meets a conan character or you know they just do lots of things with her the the, the fact is she's a she's a vampire to bite your neck out and claw your chest out and stuff like that as well um always nice. yeah it's not solid full-on horror you know it's not yeah it's taken that trope blood to a, or something, you know. Yeah, it's, it's taken that trope to a, a pulp adventure comics style vibe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pulp character. Yeah, much yeah. like in in the ways that you know we, we've all got the indie publishers we like. If there if there's a long mainstay character that happens to be a, a horror character, without a doubt, they it's it's been um, the edges have been smoothed um, to fit a sort of a narrative, which means that it's open to a broader audience as well. Um, yeah. You know, for instance, if you know, if if Vampirella back in the day was 
dark, moody, all about the gothic, and you know, it, it probably w- would have had a, a no, there's a, a sense a of humor finite, to it, Yeah, would yeah. have had a finite yeah. sort yeah. of life, wouldn't it? Um, so, and I think because it, she's had that sort of quirky nature, you know, that sort of it subverts what you think. I mean, when you you know the name Vampirella, a lot of people do. But when they hear, hold on, there's a planet, you know, all, no, no, you know, yeah, all this yeah, sort of stuff, yeah. it, it becomes a completely different character, doesn't it? I think people work. mistake yeah. her with um, Vampira or Elvira. Yeah. They're the three characters people seem to, oh, what, Elvira, what the woman is in that movie? No, no, no that's different. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> the, the thing is as well, I think because it's dynamite, you can get away with a bit more than you would at Marvel or DC. So there's, you know, often a story will start with her stretched out in bed with a lover. You know, it's not porn level but it's no. you know it's she, she's having a bubble bath in the you know it's like that sort of thing oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Um, i mean yeah female james bond do you know what i mean it's just that sort of like but can... they can't she can be you know she sprout yeah. wings and bite your neck out but you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that old but they've, they've done like detective stories with her in you know yeah. that's not uncommon but yeah with the, with vampires in general and we're not going to linger too much on vampires because we may be talking a little bit more about them in an upcoming oh yeah yeah um so just just briefly um do you think this character works because it steps away from a lot of the things that we see about the vampires because in other in other comics like mainstream mainstream comics for instance you know the marvel i mean dracula was in the tomb of, tomb of Dracula and stuff like that, you know. Obviously, a classic Marvel comics, but very much the gothic cape, cowl, um, fangs, etc. Um, and just it's it's a lot of a lot of the same thing. That's not to say it isn't good because I love vampires in comics, but let, let's face it, we see a lot of the same sort of stuff. So yeah. much, so yeah. much so that. Sometimes you're hard pressed to to think of a of a truly awesome like vampire arc or vampire character, um, where she's always she's always in the top three. What do you think is the key to that sort of longevity within this horror realm? Is it is it the femme fatale aspect? Is it the horror? Is it is it the pulpy nature? Is it the sci-fi? What what do you think it is about her? I think it's a lot of things, and I, I I say that fully with the knowledge that I don't think she sells very well. You know, um, the I, don't, I can't imagine which, it's a which massive seller. Mean, which means if she's still about, there's power to her name, isn't there? There must have some appeal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's I think it's a lot of things. I think the trashy thing goes goes a long way. Yeah. I think the 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 partial nudity goes a long way. I think the little wink. You know, we love that mon- like monster magazine vampire comic horror book horror movie vibe don't we we're horror we're attracted to horror stuff yeah i mean if they we would watch a series a well-made series with her in on television wouldn't we oh totally you know i think it's uh i think it's just a lot of things it's also a massive on occasion a massive soap opera there's so many characters thrown in you to have to keep up with it and she's who's she gonna i mean she's she's the alpha in this comic which i kind of yeah you know i kind of and, she's and she, she will she's fuck absolute... you as well as fight you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she's also an absolute gift for artists. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah. It's... The cheesecake artist out there. Can you imagine um, Frank Cho on a book like this? That'd be just amazing. <laughs> he, he must have. Yeah. He must have done. He, 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 he would have drawn her at some point. Yeah. Out. Even if it's just a sketch cover. 
I've just sent you some of the variants for the yeah. the new issue of yeah. Rage. I think there's about twenty of them. And there's yeah, but there's some beautiful artwork. Do you know what I mean? In adjust, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, interesting. I think stuff. this is her versus Dracula. Yeah, this yeah. is the Dracula series. But I I think there's an important word for her as a character and her as a monster. You know, a, a famous comics monster. She's a legacy character. Once you become a legacy character, you're almost untouchable because there's less chance, and it's quite fitting for someone who's a vampire, of you dying away. Because certainly, you you are, I hate to use the word, you become an IP that Vampirella will, she's not going to disappear because if someone loses the rights, someone else will snap up the rights. Yeah, because I hope so. there's always a yeah. fan. There's always going to be someone that's like, why is no one doing anything with this? I'll buy the rights for that. And give it a go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this world of oversaturation of certain characters, to make yourself a legacy vampire character, it's got it's got to be said, isn't it? You know, yeah. Fair, fair play. Even if you don't, even if you don't know her, bow down to the mighty vampire. She's got to be the second biggest comic character after Dracula, who's a vampire. Easily, vampiric one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to think of. Yeah, yeah. Who she could beat out? To be honest, beyond there's more comics out about her than yeah. Buffy, for example, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so we touched on the sort of vampire genre, and uh, so I'll take the next one because mine, of okay. course, is um, werewolves, lycanthropes, and the like. I've always been a fan of them. Um, yeah, and certainly I've I've mentioned some books in the past or some characters in the past. There's a couple of for for me werewolves in comics are such a visceral thing. Well, they can be a visceral, you know, they are tailor made for visuals whereas whereas you get like um movies or or you know where you have to see these things and it can they can live or die by how good the makeup is or the transformation is or you know beyond the beyond the classics um but and certainly when you have like an audio play or uh, a, a novel it's in the descriptions of what what they look like it's all in your head do you know what i mean it is it's a it's one of the most visual monsters i think um a werewolf because it could be anything it could be bipedal it could be a quadruped it could everyone's got their favorite type of uh werewolf mine always stand on two legs but that's by the by oh totally yeah not not what don't really want to run around on four yeah 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 it yeah. just becomes a dog then doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so for me, in in comics, it's 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 a monster that's made for comics, but also should he be able to speak? Is a question for you. If he's on two legs, if, should if, he be able to speak? If, if it's a, if it's a, this is, I'm going to say something that's going to go against what I'm about to say uh, shortly. Right. Afterwards. <laughs> um, for me, if it's a true werewolf, no, because no? the because okay. the whole point of it, you know, you go back to the classic curse. You become this monster, and you just, you know, rip people um, up. Yeah, you just rip people up. It's, it is, it is a de- it's the ultimate Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. It's the it's the, it's the part of the humanity you can't control. Just the anger and the rage, and just the, like the the human being becoming an animal, um, which leads to some absolute i mean they're the ones that probably have some of the most brutal um attacks don't they 
I, th- I think across the board when when you have a werewolf attack, it's not good. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. It's not like Frankenstein's monster or something, is it? Yeah. 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 Vampires is the, is the bite on the neck. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's it's the you know they are drawing you in, they are hypnotizing you, and then they'll attack you. And certainly there are other vampires that are just more you know m- monstrous. But the classic is you know hip- hypnotizing. Whereas a werewolf is like, for God's sake, hope it doesn't smell you. Because also because it's like a dog, you, you know, it's it's hunting you as well. It's a hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, and I've always just liked that, and like just I'm. For me, it's the quintessential sort of monster for me. I've always been a big fan of it. But I don't know about you guys. When you're a big fan of something, it also means you're pretty critical. It's almost like you you're got laser focus on the things you like about a certain thing. Oh, yeah, that's not Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, yeah, Doctor Who yeah, wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. It's like that, isn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly there's been so many werewolf uh, stories and comics. And you look at them and you just sort of think, yeah, you know. I think like I say for me personally a werewolf is probably is strongest when it's a solitary character when it's a solitary just one monster which I think is just in general anyway um, unless it's unless you've got zombies or aliens uh, you know and I'm talking about the movie aliens here um, just a, just many versions of a certain type of monster doesn't really work because it takes the it takes the sting out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you just got one, mean. yeah, one horrible monster that's just hunting you. Yeah, whereas... he doesn't work as a member of the Avengers, does he? For no. example, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. And certainly one of the I classic guess... ones. Go on, Dan. If you look at films, obviously you got dog soldiers, which the whole pack idea is kind of like yeah <clears throat> part of it. But like in American World from London, obviously the the it's all about a lone a lone yeah. one yeah. a single character. But yeah. the tone the tonal differences of quite vast between the two yeah. films yeah yeah and i think um obviously one of the classic ones is werewolf by night which is you know really called jack russell jack russell which i think <laughs> is just the best name yeah. ever um that's a character though despite being a, a fan of werewolves i didn't discover <laughs> this character until way after do you know what i mean because right. sometimes sometimes when i saw when i was young growing up and i saw like pitch the werewolf by night it was you know it looked a bit cheesy sometimes it was i wasn't in the right mindset for it and certainly i look at some modern versions of it and i'm not really interested so some of my one of my favorite covers is the one is it two cops in a car and and he's you can see him in the the rearview mirror on the back seat yeah that's like one of the best covers ever with best horror covers yeah so good and yeah and certainly like when I got the omnibus of that, remember I got the digital of it and I was just reading, oh, right. okay. reading reading through like the omnibus from the very beginning. And there's just so much fun to it. And But they are treating it like he's a monster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not one of those, hi, my name's Jack Russell and I'm a... It's not Team Wolf. I'm going to solve a crime. Yeah. 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 Well, they did it's... that a lot then, didn't they? Because the same with Man-Thing, wasn't it, yeah. back then as well? It was treated as a, the monster in the, you know, and the stories often revolved around him almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they... And I think that's one of the things that, that drew me to that character upon discovering it for the first time. It's like, oh, it is genuinely they're doing the, you know, the universe. Because he is a sort of universal monster. Marvel takes on the Wolfman. Um, that's pretty yeah. much what he I mean, they weren't, they weren't shy of putting him in Marvel no. team up or something like that either. Yeah. No. You know, he would interact with Marvel characters as well. But I, I, I kind of didn't mind that. Too more of a character you could just kind of drop in 
as per Will, uh, Will when he needed him. Like, oh, he needed a Marvel team-up stick. I, there's a werewolf in this I, week, I, yeah. I, I think so. And I, I think in terms of the Marvel sort of um, monster-verse, um, apart from Man-Thing, uh, Werewolf by Night is is one of their more more, more popular ones. One of the ones Yeah, he was in lasted. Legion of Monsters as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so. that's lasted the most... I, th- I think, especially like you say, in those Marvel teaming ups, all the, you know, they rebooted him in 2020, didn't they? I think they've gone back on it again since, but wasn't there somebody called Gomez? I think his name is his first name now. He's the new werewolf by night. I think they tried that in 2020, but it didn't really take, I don't think. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I, th- I think I probably need to um, read some kind of uh, more recent ones. The classic sort of. There's not that much out there, man, really. No. Solo books, it is. Yeah. You know. No. no, and certainly when you look at some of the old classic ones, he's a hairy dude. Do you know what I mean? It is the, it's the mm. classic... In torn trousers. It's the classic long, long chainy, furry-faced werewolf. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Buffon, he's, he's got... Hair, he's, the hair dryer's been at his hair. Yeah, he sort of combs back from the nose. Combs back. <laughs> um, he very much looks like Beast from the X-Men. That's, that's, do you know what I mean? If you just yeah. coloured colour, him different, you know, his teeth are a little bit sharper. Um, but he he was a fascinating character. There's also been some other werewolves in stories. I think Moonshine was um, the recent one, the Azarello and uh, Eduardo Riso, which is a brilliant series. Yeah, I've heard that's good. What was yeah. the Kirkman one? Kirkman. This is one I was going to say because I, oh, yeah, I don't like mon- I don't like um, werewolves who talk. Astounding uh, Wolfman. Yeah, hmm. um, only like four or five trades, didn't it? That yeah, one, and it? I've got four yeah. or five trades because. I didn't read Invincible in its entirety, but I remember I picked up an issue of that, loved it, and then just got the whole lot. Yeah, you know, that's that's the bit that almost that Invincible universe. I know him. I know that character. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What's it? What's his name? Uh, Gary Hampton. See, just a normal, normal dude. But <laughs> the the astounding Wolfman. Hampton Wick. And uh, but yeah. he was very much the werewolf as a superhero. Yeah, because he could yeah. he could talk, he could think, he had the costume, and there was there was lots going on. That was a great series. That was. Uh, it was only twenty five issues in total. Okay. Um, you yeah, like that one? That's yeah. Right. That that was that was fun. Um, big, almost like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle energy, sort of like werewolves yeah. taking on um, like big villains and also werewolf politics there's always there's always like rival packs and things like that going on in these sort of stories isn't there yeah i know you're a big twilight fan it's like that oh, I, 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 I love it i'm team no i can't even bring myself it's weird there's that archetype <laughs> in, introduced with uh werewolves and vampires like werewolves always like the bikers and the sort of the down and dirty ones yeah. and the vampires are sort of like the high living sort of fae yeah I mean, kind yeah. of stuff yeah. and it's yeah. like that's been introduced and Whenever kind of vampire and werewolf kind of societies get introduced in fiction, they always seem to go for one of those tropes. Yes. Yeah, the werewolves will always live in the sewers. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or the, and vampires yeah, or, like or some mansion, or they'll be, uh, you know, pardon the term, they'll be the rednecks, won't they? They'll be the the yeah, exactly the locals that maybe don't read so good. You know, I mean, that, some that some might thing. call that lazy, but not me, some, <laughs> not us. Uh, I mean, oh, it's the political just, come down there, yeah, isn't it? The vampires of the proletariat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're just pointing that out. I'm not saying no commentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one particular sort of uh, differing from the formula is, of course, um, a series I know Tony knows very well. Is of course Bigby Wolf from uh, Fables. Yeah, yeah. He's a great character, you know. Yeah, he's kind of like the 
head of the police force for fables like the detective mm. but because he's he's got that in him so he's often he's not always in well form but he's you know he's always in human form there's a great scene in the first volume where someone tries it on with him and he says don't even fucking think about it in yeah. other words i'm a werewolf i'll tear you apart and the dude <laughs> goes all right then sorry you know it's like that you know he's <laughs> yeah. a great character yeah yeah um and that there's there's so many layers to him as well isn't there um what yeah I want to really add, is man yeah I, he turns I, into a family man by the end of it he's a, yeah, yeah yeah um one of the ones i haven't read which i, I need to uh at some point uh is you know when they did the jughead from the archie comics there was that oh, i've never read that yeah that well, I, heard it, I heard it was, I heard it was good. good yeah yeah, yeah me too yeah jughead is, i'm not uh, a big i think the thing is about archie comics over here is we didn't get archie comics over here no so no. we had it's our, not the cultural phenomenon no. it is no. yeah we had all willy and we had in scotland and we had you know wizard and chips and stuff like that but we no. never got it you know over there yeah. it's like in supermarkets and everything so we, then we're not as a, we're not as au fait with them as they are over yeah. there yeah but i think for me i think that works in my favor when reading when they take they do these they've done the horror takes on these characters because and purely because we know comics I know what those characters are. I haven't, I haven't read Archie comics, but I know what those characters are. I know the yeah. setup, and so I've got that basis. But these stories always take it in a new direction, don't they? They're always like, a, okay, this isn't the character you know. Whereas I think well, I don't really know this character, so I'm seeing the story for what it is, almost, um, which is quite yeah. interesting. Um, which, which means it's got to be written well. It does have to be written yeah. well, and from what I, from what I can tell and what i've heard all of the horror archie stuff was done really well i don't know i don't i'm 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 not in 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 that universe at all i haven't read it i've read the odd you know little mag you know what they're called i know um, afterlife with archie i started reading that that was very good to begin with i know sabrina as well they did didn't they as a witch character i know what i read uh the first couple of issues of vampironica but that was that was Fucking that was really that was really good. The thing is, you hear the name, you think you roll your eyes. But the series was just really good. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. There, there was one bit of werewolf fiction that just had me checked out, and that's the uh, infamous uh, Cap Wolf. Well, you better oh, check yeah. out again, mate, because it's coming back any day soon. Yeah. Uh, yes, actually, is it out now? I think it's. Out it now, might be actually. I've yeah. been in the shop this week. I, but, yeah. I, I hovered over. Um, Either pre pre ordering or getting it. Ah, um, right. The art Just looks, the one done up. The, the yeah. art looks fantastic, and of course because it's because <laughs> it's Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Which which for me that's a genius combination, <laughs> just absolutely genius combination. And I'm just thinking, oh, please be good. But I just I don't know. It's just that Marvel price point. Yeah, yeah. I actually so, think I kind of like this sort of crossover that Marvel has with horror characters. Before yeah. we came online, we were, I was telling you how much I love the current Ghost Rider series. Yeah, and I like like you got Ghost Rider, you got um, World by Night, you've got Man Thing, you've got Dracula. There's a lot going on there. You had the Mummy. You know, there's a lot going on there that cross has a propensity to cross over. All but you know, depends how yeah. well it's written. The X Men vampire stuff tends to be shite, but the, the it sort of crosses over a little bit and then goes away again. So yeah. I don't mind it. They live in That's that universe weird. where magic exists, you know. That X Men vampire stuff is like you've got your little area, your your bit you're playing in. Then you decide to step out of it and play in something else, and it's like that that doesn't work for me. Like it's right. just, do you know what I mean? Several so, so vampires is like oh, we're going to get into the world of like monster trucks and stuff. It's like 
that kind of moves the, away the Avengers from... are just kind of war on dracula kind of oh, okay. comic and it wasn't yeah. very good no. but the, yeah there's there's over the last sort of 10 years the x-men has put some serious time into vampire stories and I mean, Jubilee's a vampire or was a yeah. vampire or, you know, this sort of thing. And I'm like, nah, boring, mate. But if you want, like, that. you're yeah. talking about Blade and then Midnight Suns, like there's yeah, a vampire. Yeah, that's war. a good little That's idea. the story you yeah. tell with them. You don't. But then yeah. if you're doing, like, Blade and the Midnight Suns have to stop the Masters of Evil, it's like, would this be a better? That might work. But do you know what I mean? The Midnight it's... Suns meet Power Pack. It's not working yeah. for me, my friend. Nah. Yeah, no, it depends what it is. But yeah, yeah, I like I do like that corner of the Marvel universe. So the sort of slightly darker stuff. And for a while it sort of strayed into some magazine stuff, so it wasn't always held back by the Comic Code yeah. Authority. And um yeah, I tell you what, if if I had to recommend if somebody had a gun to mine, I'd recommend a good Marvel book at the moment, it'd be Ghost Rider. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, really it's good. That idea of like yeah. everyone's got their own bit of the yard they're looking after and makes and there's like the supernatural kind of darker heroes which are looking after yeah. the supernatural supernatural dark shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. When they do have to cross over with the kind of like the bread and butter ones, that's uh, that can be make for some interesting character interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, werewolves are my pick. There's one indie series. Um, I think it's Avatar Press that I read back in the day. I need to get a collections of this. It was a David Lapham uh, series. Hmm. Uh, Gabriel Andrade uh, was the artist. A, a werewolf series called Ferals. Oh no, I've I've not read this. No. Um, there's there was like a 2012. It sort of it came out. Okay, I think it's about three or four trades. It was it was an Avatar Press book, so it's pretty brutal. It's almost like taking taking that small town, howling esque kind of story. People are just torn asunder. It's like it's pretty gruesome, and I remember really enjoying it. I never finished the story, so I need to go back and. And sort of go back into it, but David Lapham does not fuck about <laughs> when yeah. it comes to horror. <laughs> so you know, if you like that kind of thing, or you know, check out Ferals. It may not be to some people's tastes, but I got a kick out of it. So yeah, oh. so werewolves mine. But Dan, what month? Yeah, mine because kind of we we kind of got <laughs> this put on us at the last minute, didn't we? Because of uh, obviously the guest stuff. But I went back to like a favorite of uh, The Walking Dead. As okay. part of our reading challenge, I worked my way oh, through yeah, of course. Compendium yeah, yeah. One for that. I've been rewatching the TV show. I say rewatching. You know when you sometimes have a, a film or a TV show you've seen before, just playing like you would have music, and you occasionally like look at the screen while you're working. I've been <laughs> I've been doing that this. Yeah, I'll do that next on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is similar to The Walking Dead in many ways, actually. To be fair, <laughs> skin tones and. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, obviously, most people are going to be pretty au fait with uh, The Walking Dead that came out, God, 2003 that started. Right. Uh, written by yeah. Robert Kirkman. First artist was Tony Moore, and then switched over issue seven. Charlie Adlard, who went from issue seven to 193, which is quite the fucking run. Uh, 193? To issue 193. Oh, it did go that high? I didn't know it was yeah. that high. Oh, okay. I, yeah, bloody hell. I didn't think it went that high. Bloody hell. Mate, I'd be like, can we just string out to 200? <laughs> yeah, but the f- story's finished. Yeah, but just pad it. Just <laughs> pad it out for a few more so we can get 200. But no. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, that's this, a long run, isn't it? I kind of like, for me, going into the zombies, the, I really found it with uh, Dawn of the Dead, the film. I think a lot of people, maybe that was their, their sort of entry drug. But it was more than this the fact that it was zombies. It was like you and your friends can kind of like 
have this adventure when the world falls and you can go around and have a laugh. And in this that film, they go into a, a shopping center, block it off and just sort of live out their heart's desires of living in a shopping mall, which you Would think... Would you say zombies are your favorite sort of like monster in general? I mean, just the very concept of it. Because I think zombies go <clears throat> beyond like the individual don't they because it's usually like yeah an, it, it's the on mass thing i can't think of many zombie individual characters tony can you uh think of there's me? the marvel zombie character um which has got more of that sort of um is it is it jamaican hey no haitian kind of roots do you know what i mean that's because yeah. that's kind of with zombies before yeah. um the sort of late got, 60s boom wasn't yeah. there yeah, yeah. The, kind of, um, the voodoo zombie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's quite an interesting one. Uh, I'm trying to think now. There is a Marvel got... bad guy who does do like kind of like a Haitian kind of supervillain who brings back. It might not be so politically correct nowadays. These days, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. But uh, there's the zombie girl, you know, Eye Zombie, the one. That oh, of course, yeah, yeah, reigns. yeah. yeah. That. There's uh, there was a zombie character in uh, the Malibu. You know, they did that superhero yeah. team. Yeah. Who, who came back from the dead? Yeah. I mean, th- to be fair, they're not. There's lots of characters that have come back from the dead, but it doesn't make them zombies. Yeah, yeah. But, that that uh, whole eating. Yeah. Well, Half eating. The, all of the X Men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And obviously they were the Marvel zombies, but let's ignore them. Uh, yeah, they're coming back, aren't they? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that, that's a fun little thing to do once, and then it's like, let's keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's keep doing it though. Oh, <sighs> all right. And again, keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's put Hart back out of the original yeah. series yeah. again. This one, yeah. we're doing like a homage of all the, the zombie film. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I guess it is, I wouldn't say zombies are like my favorite thing, but like, they, would we ever see another comic like The Walking Dead in its breadth of kind of taking a, a, an idea with the zombies? I mean, what more can you do with them? They're in, yeah. in a, a classic zombie story, you've got like the fall of society and then the rebuilding or not of society depending how the story plays out and the walking dead explores that whole fucking gamut yeah i don't think what more is there to do with it yeah i don't think you can do it anymore i think because walking dead did it and like whenever we you know how many stories have we seen where you know the world has been changed by some virus or some nuclear event or you know or whatever's going on um and whenever you have it, it's like, oh, it's like The Walking Dead. Yeah. I think that's the important thing is like yeah. when when it's become what it what it became. Uh, it, it boom did boom did quite a good twenty eight days later comic, didn't they? For uh, okay, yeah, that was quite good. I didn't. See Which that is just one. another twist on it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I've got a feeling Declan Shelby did some work on it actually. Oh, nice one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the whole idea of kind of what would we do when when the world fell kind of thing obviously you got the added thing with the zombies because it's like you against uh, a whole you're the kind of the minority in a in a, in a society a changed world yeah and like everyone's coming out to get you and wonder whether uh, we'll see a rise of it again because i saw an interview with the actors from the tv series survivors which is a 1970s what if like 95 percent of the world died how do we survive kind of mm. story and um they were saying there was people were saying, "Oh, have you rewatched it before we did this audio play?" They were talking about, and they, sh- and they both went, "Well, it probably doesn't get shown on telly anymore, does it? Because you know what's just happened." And I was thinking, "Oh yeah," then it occurred to me because I actually rewatched it during the pandemic, and it just I didn't connect the two oh, dots. Oh yeah, you know? of course. But uh, 
I wonder whether I can imagine making zombie comics in deserted streets in a a world that's ruined and nobody's about and they're all holed up in their houses probably wasn't a good idea for a couple of years. I wonder whether we'll get that again soon. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, we did get quite a lot of people musing on it, but maybe not so much in a kind of a visceral way of yeah, the, the streets being empty, but more the kind of <clears throat> the, the, the mental kind of yeah. health aspects of, of everything that went on. But I, I think like the, the, the exploring a, a post-apocalyptic future it's kind of the storylines that people maybe will always be drawn to and want to explore because I, don't I like know. the idea of no one being about. I have <laughs> this like, it's like a little fantasy of mine. I've got a load of baked, baked bean tins and I live in, on my own and nobody bothers me. No one. Oh, Occasionally God, I have to leave that. Stink. Oh yeah. yeah. Occasionally I have to leave, leave just to shoot a couple of zombies in the head, Are we back you to know, the, and then back the piss in. Bottles. Yeah. Back to the <laughs> piss bottles. Call back there. Yeah. Boiling my piss so I can drink it. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, there was. Uh, I mean, Tony's, one... Tony's doing this now. He's not prepping for anything. He's... That, <laughs> that, uh, Dead World series that when zombies came back, like I think when they originally come back at start, they got their mental faculties, and then the yeah, longer they stay Dead alive, series, yeah. they 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 lose it and regress and become more like the Romero type. If Isn't they, that just a metaphor for life at the moment? Yeah, if they eat brains, <laughs> they can kind of like keep their mental. Fortune, or if they eat, they can keep the mental fortune. But so that's, that's like, uh, do you remember before before lockdown when everyone was sort of vaguely normal? Then we had lockdown, everyone just bantered and then ended up arguing non stop on Twitter. Therefore, yeah. their brains were fucking shrinking. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I, th- I think you know, I uh, the zombie has been like you say, Dan Kirkman and Co. They did it, they did it best. Yeah, they, they had their run and they ended it. Um, and now you really have to go some to, exhaustively to yeah, the point where yeah, yeah. what's said to be said to the point where usually these sort of zombie comics they have to be something that almost isn't a zombie comic you know you have to mm. sort of take that twist don't you like uh, you know how did it all come to be I mean there probably is a comic but you could you could quite easily do a zombie comic based on the fact that everyone's on their phones do you know what I mean they're turning into drones they're turning into zo- that's how a virus sort of starts there they get you yeah. that's been you know. done with Cell Stephen King but Cell just became like a just walk around going Bleh. yeah <laughs> so reality then yeah yeah it's kind of like it seems like every single idea has been mined from that like yeah. it's they've done it with the main you see it from the zombies point of view and all in love with the zombie yeah yeah that was a strange one that one the the boy that comes back i mean how dead would someone have to be for you to have sex with them do you mean so that was zombies um, (laughs) which was uh, a fascinating topic as always Um, i hope that's never read out as a trial at some point yeah, who knows, eh? <laughs> it have to be just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She wasn't that dead. I do like God. stuff like the Night Living Dead, though, where like they're virtually completely indestructible and there's none of that shooting them through the head stuff that works. That was the case. That would be end of... Uh, It'd be done, wouldn't Yeah. Yeah. Completely yeah. gnarly. Well, I, I, I'm, got... I'm terrible. I'm, me and my son used to play a game where we'd be on a train and we'd be looking out the window as it goes through the countryside and I'm going... That would make a good place to hole up if there was a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You go, yeah. you go, yeah, that's good, defendable. Look, there's walls to it. Oh, you can see the over. Yeah. It's hidden by tree. You know, it's, we'd have this conversation. I still think about things like that now. Isn't it yeah. crazy how a zombie apocalypse is a go-to term? Hmm. And the, yeah, you know, we just sort of go, oh, look at that. 
that's what I'd do in a zombie apocalypse. Or, you know, how would you defend yourself in a zombie apocalypse? It's always that, isn't it? People always go zombie it's apocalypse. It's two mainstream zombies now. I remember seeing zombie flesh eaters when I was a kid and all this sort of thing and thinking, fucking hell, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But now everything's a fucking zombie. Yeah. yeah. What would be more the more concerning kind of like a, a future in regards to that, like where it all goes to tits, is where, like we had in the pandemic, but there's no virus, but like, say it gets to the point where that kind of peak oil thing comes and it's like the shop's only going to be half full this week and next week we don't know if there's going to be anything in it. And then everyone just fucking turns on one another yeah, trying to toilet survive. Roll. Horrible, yeah. And it's like you, there's no kind of enemy to fight against apart from your neighbour who wants exactly the same things. I've got B-Day, so it wouldn't affect me. You'd be right. Mm. I love when I say well, I've got a vegetable garden. So would you get one meal out of that? What, to shit in? Yeah, so well, like I've gone grown some sprouts in the back garden or whatever. Oh yeah, that, that'll see you through the It's not like that meme that's going future. around. It's not like that meme that's going around about yeah, I'd love it to be a Marxist world because I'd just run my farm and look after it and I'd be happy yeah. and someone just went, My farm. Yeah. 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 No, you won't. You're gonna fucking be scrubbing toilets or whatever. Yeah, we've got yeah. a farm. Well, we've got a farm. Yeah, we've got your farm. You've got your farm. I've got your farm. God. Yeah, but you don't know nothing about farming. Well, oh, well. <laughs> oh God! How do we start? How do we start off with horror and end up about agriculture? <laughs> Natural. I tell you, what, I did. Uh, speaking of horror stories, I did collect the Harvey Awards have been this week. Hey. Uh, there you oh go. yeah. Well, we'll get on that in a second. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are our picks of the sort of monsters we like. And certainly we'll be talking about different types of monsters in, in the coming weeks, especially some maybe movie maniac type ones mm. in, the, in the in the coming weeks. Um, but what are your favourite types of monsters? Because I think everyone's got one, whether it be a, a, a merman or a fucking Frankenstein's monster. Everyone's got, got one. So let us know. Keep the conversation going. Here's uh, a question it, then. Come on then. If you met Vampirella right in the street, and she said, she's in her sexy outfit, and she says, you can have sex with me now, but afterwards I'm going to bite you. What do you do? Yes or no? Uh, I'd say, aren't I'd... you a bit cold? Temperature's dropping in the UK. At the moment, <laughs> Always so. thinking about jerseys, aren't you? Put your jersey yeah. on. Yeah. So where, where are we going? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. My place now. Yeah. The missus is going to be home in an hour, so we better be put quick. foot on. Yeah, I'm going to be a vampire before she gets in. <laughs> It depends. With Vampirella, does her bite turn you into a vampire, or do you have to drink her blood? Uh, not sure. I think, I think I'm not sure. I think it changes. Just bite. Okay. Yeah. Dan, it's not going to happen. No, but like if I'm <laughs> he's envisaging, he's getting his clean pants on. <laughs> if I'm, te- if I'm <laughs> telling the missus tonight this scenario, like I've got, I want to, I want to be lore accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. If yeah, you're going to get her permission fair, tonight, fair, you need fair, to be. Fair yeah. Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. This so also maybe the, this, this may be the listener? last time we ever hear Dan Butcher. <laughs> yeah, after his missus kills him. I'm <laughs> Mate, fighting that, your missus anyway. Your missus scares me. If that guy came in drunk with a kick the front door with a pizza box, <laughs> tell him my wife about, about an imaginary scenario where I get to sleep with Vampirella. Yeah. Van, Van, right. Vampirella said she'd sleep with me. But don't worry, love. Yeah. I got you a pizza. Oh, no. Can you imagine Dan doing that at home? Yeah. Put those pots and pans, whack. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a fictional character said she would have sleep. sleep well, Tony said she would. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn, why's your wife ringing me? <laughs> Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> Please. Oh, dear. But anyway, let's end this horror now. And uh, as we said, uh, the 
Harvey Awards. Oh, yeah. So the Harvey Awards have just been. Um, uh, shall I give you the results? <laughs> yeah. So named, obviously named after the mighty Harvey Kurtzman. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame this this time round. Chris Claremont, Walt and Wheezy Simonson, Marv Wolfman, George Perez, Bill Griffiths. That's a good little bunch, isn't it? Man, I can't argue with that no, at all. Either. No. Yeah. Uh, Book of the Year, you called this, Dan. Ducks by Kate Bean. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, you you dug that. You called that one, didn't you? I uh, wouldn't say that's a book of the year for me, but we that is completely subjective. So, yeah. Well, we'll find out what your book of the year is. At the end, of the, end, of, the end of the year. Show. Yeah. I think I've just read my book of the year, actually, incidentally. Oh. Yeah, I'm quite excited by it. Um, digital book, Law Olympus by Rachel Smythe. Okay. Uh, that's massive, isn't it? I haven't read it, uh, I'll have to admit. Uh, um, kids' book, Hungry Ghost by Victoria Ying. Anyone read that? Never heard of that. No. Speaking of horror, as we just did, best manga, Chainsaw Man, Tatsuki Fujimoto. Uh, oh, there yeah, you go. It's got some great horror moments in it. So we're digging I... that one. That's... Uh, if we're on that one international i think we'll all be behind is black sad they all fall down part one yes uh, juan diaz canelles and juanjo gonido um so that's that's that should be winning all the awards for me yeah i think all due respect to um mrs beaton kate beaton that's better so no, simply enough. because it's from france doesn't mean it shouldn't be part of the book of the year i don't understand yeah. that theory yeah, yeah. you yeah. know um and book of the year when, is international when a black book, sad yeah. book comes out it beats all oncomers, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then the final one I made a note of was Best Adaption was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I still haven't seen, actually. No, neither Second I, one. Really second one, yeah, I've seen the second yeah. one. I said my son was really annoyed because it's a two-parter. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, cliffhanger in it. Yeah. He was, he was outraged. <laughs> <laughs> Takes after his dad. Um... <laughs> Starting his own podcast to moan about it. <laughs> It's it's not one of my recommends, but did you want to hear what my book of the year is this year? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, let me just. I've made a note of it. Hang on, I'll find the page. I can say something to someone. Uh, hey, yeah. Monica by Daniel Klaus. Um, oh wow, yeah, you've been. I'm not going mad on t- into it because I think there's enough people out there. I think if you're, it's been interesting. I think Eamon texted me about this, um, saying that it was reviewed in is it the guardian or the observer i think it might have been the guardian in the book section as opposed to the graphic novel section um so it's regarded in that way that by says the, the, a lot yeah i think that's interesting isn't it um it's yeah the, yeah, the guardian a bunch of twats because yeah graphic novels and uh yeah, it's comic. yeah, it's from, yeah. coming from them, exactly yeah. yeah 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 um I would say if you, I'm guessing if you if you're into him, you, you've got one on in the post or you've read it already. To be fair, anyway, because I know a lot of people have um, myself and Cannon were talking about it earlier. But it does; it, it's had some massive hype, which I'm always dubious of these days. It's terrible to say, isn't it? But I'm always worried about those books that get this sort of massive hype because to me, often it seems to be that they need it without the quality. But this one absolutely lived up to it. Um, I've read it twice now. Um, it's a long read took me a good few hours to read it and it's not a book you can read lightly so things happen in it you have to almost it's in chapters and if you just flick through it you'd think that the chapters were unrelated in certain aspects there's one in the the army at the start in vietnam there's one with just a man wandering through the woods who meets who turns into a tree you would think they're unrelated but there is there's there's a definitive story going throughout it and you have to pay attention because characters in it are young and old and meet each other and 
you think one's dead and one's not he comes back as an old person stuff like that there's some really interesting layers to it um i think um he we've all read clouds where it's just you look at you know carson you know some of the stuff you think it's just fucking weird <laughs> you know it's like why is that man's head massive or why is he trying to fuck a bug or you know this sort of thing um but this is there's some touching like he surprised me a couple of times with some genuinely touching moments which are interesting because they're almost a self-insert okay but not in the way you expect um there's a character turns up towards the end you don't really see a close-up of his face but it's klaus um and there's a really gripping part of it, which involved, I won't ruin it for everyone, because I think you guys should read it. I find it just so interesting, so enthralling. But there's a really gripping part of it about a sect. She joins a sort of quasi-weird, psycho-religious sect to get something. And it's just gripping, and you wonder what's going to happen. Because people live and die in these books, you know, in his books. you know, Nobody's safe. Everyone's fucked in the head. You know, there's no one normal in his books. And uh, some something happens towards the end and you go, oh, okay. Okay. You know, and he speaks a lot about people's um, mental health and how things can fuck you up when you're younger, which is a big theme, I think, in a lot of his stuff, but especially here. It's, re- it's really interesting okay. and absolutely beautifully drawn and coloured. Um yeah, just just come out. Um, do not buy on eBay because people are scalping it on there. They're sticking prices up on eBay. You can just get yours through the normal the normal places. And it'll normal be in bookshops and comic shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to get hold. But yeah, abs- absolutely brilliant. Yeah, nice. it, it, I think he's one, one of the the few creators these days who can drop a book and it is a bestseller and a genuine big seller. You know, yeah. Um, it will be making a few quid this book. Yeah, really good. Yeah, nice. Nice. I was going to mention this week we got fucking big game dropping as well. Oh, is it yeah. Wednesday? Is it? Oh, good. It's yeah. Wednesday. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. after I won't spoil the cliffhanger of the last book, but I was like, Lord. How many more episodes? Uh, there's another two issues, isn't there? Okay. Two issues. There's... How there's yeah, going to be a resolution of oh, yeah. two issues? Okay. On me. Right. We will have a discussion about big game. Uh, probably a more a longer form discussion when it's all said and done. We'll we'll set yeah. aside some time to discuss it. And probably go through a spoilerific um, talk about it because we have all really enjoyed it and we just want to talk about the comments. Well, a few months yet, haven't we, for that? Um, yeah. But obviously, with the new issue uh, coming out, here is my challenge to you, gents, because we're not going to we're not going to talk about it loads next week because we're not going to just go over the same old, um, you know, trying to dance around spoilers, etc. We are all going to say how we felt about the next issue of Big Game. In one word. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So we'll just sort of say big game number four. This is how we felt. Tony, Dan, me, and that's it. That's all we're going to say about the next next issue. So one word reviews. I like that idea. Exactly. Um, But but before we get onto the shout outs, um, before we get onto the shout outs and a whole host of fantastic comics and the recommendations, we've got some other little comics to talk about. Because oh, ooh, yeah. things are getting eerie. See what I did there. <laughs> um, as we are still continuing our dive into the eerie archives, of which there is a creepy archives on the humble bundles. Um, but we're we're currently going through the 
the eerie archives and we're we're going through thoroughly enjoying going through picking out a tale to talk about and just just highlight and uh who would like to go first this week gents Come on, Dan, you go. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> mind some I, I, well, I won't mention the same one, Dan. I, I'm no. gonna make, yeah, I'll make a note of this <laughs> one. It's uh, written by Archie Goodwin and this art by Angelo Torres. And oh, nice. it's called Pursuit of the Vampire. And the eerie chap says, Austria, in the late 19th century, as the sun sets, a group of villagers make their way down the mountain road from the cemetery. Their heads are bowed in grief and fear, but none realise soon they will be in Pursuit of the Vampire. So you've got this mob of people coming down from the cemetery. The art is absolutely great for the story. Uh, it looks like some of the, the faces are actually like maybe drawn from life because they're... He did they, quite a lot with Mad Magazine, yeah. Yeah. There's... Uh, one of the, it was one of the actors out of Blunder, Guns and Na- the Guns of Navarone. It looks like one of the, the, the characters out of that. Okay. But, uh, so this mob come down and they've got no clue what a vampire is and this chap comes along and he goes those two girls were killed by a vampire and they're like well, what's that and he goes well you've got to go up there with this bit of wood uh because they're going to rise in their graves and you've got to drive this stake into their chest and they said well hold on we're waiting for the burgomaster to turn up Herr burgomaster and he'll tell us what to do and he goes no no you've got to follow me so they march up to this house and there's this fantastic uh image of one of the girls has risen up already and she's going into the the crypt of the other one to try and help her out they sort of, but there's a great line here. Where is it? That uh, they thought about shooting them with their rifles, and it's like, no, no, don't do that. Like, oh, go quickly. You men with guns can shoot her before she gets inside. So no, keep still. Your bullets are useless. She'll just fly away. <laughs> it's like if I had a rifle and I saw like a vampire, I pretty much would be shooting it immediately. I wouldn't wait for someone to uh, <laughs> tell me otherwise. <laughs> so he goes inside the the, the hero character. He stakes the, one of them, and as the other one comes in, he stakes them, and then uh, he, he walks out, and the kind of mob are dissipating. He walks out with the burgomaster. He goes, it's done. You don't look well to me, uh, burgomaster. The night air outside will do us both good. And as you can see the twist come in, the burgomaster's like, uh, I'm the vampire. Like, you've just killed two of my minions, and now I'm going to uh, off you. And the f- flip is that, it's a full moon and the man turns around he's a werewolf oh, cool. and he goes yeah. the greed of the vampire the bloodlust night after night another victim i can't let you destroy this village i need everyone in it for myself every full moon and then he slaughters the vampire so i that was usually you just get the one twist but that's you got the twist twist yeah. which I, I quite liked so uh go check that one that one's uh, i love all that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah. Love it. yeah yeah they always have a, a great little twist don't they the classic sort of yeah yeah no. that's right isn't it you know yeah. to come up with all those stories all that time yeah yeah over and over yeah uh my my pick this week i uh, just gonna make sure no one else is uh <laughs> this, <one>. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh art by uh jay tacy script by archie goodwin again um cool. who is a real driving force i think he's the uh, dude archie yeah. goodwin yeah. also the nicest bloke in comics allegedly yeah um this one is eye of the beholder uh, and the the leading is with the, with the shivering shocker we inject a little love interest into the pulsating proceedings. That's quite a bunch of words to <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's got all me ab- going. All about a man who couldn't stand lo- losing his beautiful wife. Of course, as the saying goes, beauty is all in the eye of the beholder. Well, they didn't say it like that, but um, but 
Uh, very much it starts off with this poor rich man, Gerald, who uh, is just the funeral for his wife and he's sort of screaming. The first page is beautiful, actually, because there's... I always mention, like, blacks and whites and ink washes, but it's the classic the funeral is taking place on a rainy day but the way they've done the rain in the art is just just really nice very simple it's just lines going down the page but with the way that they've um sort of inked the glossiness of like the water or like the umbrellas and stuff it just works sort of perfectly completely sets the tone but this man's just mad with grief um so he does whatever he can over the next five he, he just won't have it even though his wife passed away of an illness because the doctor's sort of saying there's nothing that could be done, you know. And he's like, I won't I won't rest until, you know, I bring her back. He wants to bring her back. So he, he goes on a little journey trying to find out, you know, go, like clairvoyance, etc., threatening people and finds uh, someone, Mr. Lorenzo, who, of course, he wants to bring his wife back from the dead, so he pays him a lot of money. Witchcraft and dark magic is involved and uh even though that this person didn't want to do it there was very much sort of like i don't want i don't want to do it but he the guy forced his hand gerald gets back to his house and his wife is there she's uh she's back to life and they they're very much in love there's a wonderful page it's all very sort of striking inks and this is from a volume one of eerie actually um, if you want right. to find this one out but around page uh it's one of the earlier stories it's 51 okay. 51 um page 54 the art takes a sort of turn and which i kind of quite like because it seems to be sort of solid inks or you know brush inks and you know blacks and but there's a page of gerald and his wife just just together she she's holding him and then they're having a few sort of days and they seem quite happy together but this art is sort of seems more uh pastel pencils sort of charcoals it's softer you know which i think is a nice touch to do like this moment that is quite nice even even though you know the horror is just around the corner because over these days where they're spending time the doctor calls him and says something horrible has happened gerald The, the grave your wife's body has disappeared and gerald's like don't worry about it it doesn't concern me don't don't you know and he's like, be fine. the doctor's like what are you talking <laughs> about um and the next day um the well the the dog dies of fright and then gerald um gets some flowers for his wife and uh a man arrives to deliver them he goes oh, i'll take them to my wife uh as a surprise you know it's a surprise next thing he hears is this guy screaming and running out of the house Gerald enters the house and his wife's there and she she his wife has this classic sort of femme fatale kind of look it does definitely has a yeah. like 1950s almost romance comics kind of look to it yeah it's still a hangover from EC a bit I think at yeah. that point yeah. yeah and she's sort of there and the flowers have died in her hand and she sort of he's he's trying to figure out and she's just crying saying I never should have come back you know it's it's uh she's she's distraught and sad and like oh this is all for the best and he's like it's okay we'll, we'll find out a way and he holds her um but then it cuts to a classic sort of focus on his face he's going oh no oh lord no as you see that they're looking in a, in a mirror and he's holding a corpse okay. <laughs> um she's she's a rotten corpse in his hands so even though his eyes saw what he wanted to see 
his oh, in, nice. in, rea- in reality his wife is a zombie in, in a sense is is properly sort of come back it was a, i thought we was going to get a bit of uh midas the midas touch kind yeah, of thing yeah no it, it was all it was almost even more cliche than that dan it was it was yeah. it was the classic wife's back from the dead oh she's not really they do like to lean into cliches don't they yeah, yeah. or yeah. subvert expectations i suppose is the way yeah. of putting it don't they i mean yeah. immediately didn't try and sleep with rubbish him on first night one well <laughs> there, there is it doesn't so much allude to that but they certainly share a bed and like you know he seems to be quite happy um but the, the classic sort of because they always they like to sort of rubber stamp their sort of the nail in the coffin don't they at the end of these stories gerald screams rose with mounting horror through the room but its piercing shrillness could not overcome the terrible realization of just how limited lorenzo's powers had been working on gerald's vision only nothing else not even mirror reflections. They like to properly describe the final, but they do it a lot, don't they? That kind of like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah, Before so... it immediately cuts to someone going, oh, poor old Gerald. You know, that the, the, the crypt keeper or the character comes yeah, back. Yeah. Sort of That's where the stuff. narration works in these, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then even that has this sort of gallows humour. It's like, uh, and you think vampires are troubled by mirrors while you're reflecting on Gerald's problem. Just think how <laughs> rotten Eve must feel. <laughs> oh, I honestly dear. thought when you, you said he comes and sees what put the pots and pans away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, darling, put those pots and pans away. Right. Brought your pizza. Yeah, yeah, I've brought your wife back from the dead. Yeah. Great. I'm gonna get her a pizza. Yeah, massive pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, a massive pizza. Tell me what a, was you... a quick half on the way I'm too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turned into 25. Yeah. yeah. Tony, what's your pick this time? Mine's Eerie the Pest from Eerie issue 33, story by Al Hewitson, art by Richard Corbin, actually, um, which is Classic. kind of why I chose it, really. Um, straight away from reading this, you will notice Corbin's versatility on this story because he is he, not quite what we expect that we see in the sort of days of heavy metal and stuff like that. It's. um. He's really turned up the level of caricature in it in a different way than you see in some of his other work. You know, the the sort everyone thinks of Corbin like women with really rather strangely shaped breasts and muscular men and stuff like that, like Den or something, don't we? But this is different. This is, I would put it more near Drew Friedman's work, if you know him. Um, okay. It's and he uses some great zipper tone work in it. It's got that. Um, you you don't get this with every eerie and creepy and vampirella story, but you get it often. Is that sort of wash effect, and a lot of it's done with zipper tone, isn't it? You get the greys yeah. on the page, quite a lot, which I really like. The story follows a newly designed bug killer that wasn't properly tested, uh, and looks like it's ha- it's poisoned man's wife. A woman is laying there on the floor dead, and this man's like, it's down to this bug killer, um, like cockroach killer. Th- this tube thing which emits poison gas that kills cockroaches but it looked like it also killed this woman's wife so the man goes in to see this fat cigar smoking ceo and he really doesn't care um and he's he won't stop production of this this poisonous tube um and the dude ends he ends up running over the dude and killing him but in a switch that is, is absolutely surely influenced by kafka the man visually is turned into a cockroach and is trying to escape um so this fat businessman is turned into a cockroach and he's trying to escape um but he's um he can't escape and he, he gets poisoned himself by these massive tubes that are surrounding him when he's sort of shrunk down into this cockroach thing or and here's where the twist is was it all in his mind and it was hallucination caused by the poisonous gas 
and his own comeuppance came up that way. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of the little twist, and he's on the floor, and um, in the same way that the cockroach had died, was on its back with its legs in the air, he's discovered by a colleague who says, look, I stood in his stomach, he had his arms and legs in the air, as if he was a cockroach, and his face is in this sort of agony, this look of agony on his face, and he's found they're dead. So the... It's one of those ones. It's redemptive, isn't it? You know, he got what what he deserved. Uh, not redemptive, but the opposite of that. He got what he deserved, yeah. didn't he? You know, from from yeah. not caring about this dead woman, he himself has been poisoned. But it throws into it that Kafka esque. Um, you know, the businessman woke up that morning and he was a cockroach sort of storyline, which I kind of liked. And I think that's the thing we saw this a lot with EC, and I think you get it a lot with Warren is where they were they were basically getting stories from wherever. It's similar yeah. to that story where John Wagner got all, a lot of his dread stories by turning on CFAX in the morning and writing a story up from whatever the headline was on there, you know. It's like, but these these guys were reading a lot of a lot of you know pulpy sci-fi short story books and you know shows on the radio and stuff like that, and they would it was they, they were quite famously nicking stories up there. Certainly, EC <laughs> almost got got in trouble for it a few times, but I think Warren as well, whatever was. A short story they read, they they'd let them spring off into another idea, and I genuinely feel this this came from someone who read the short story or this novella of you know the, the cockroach by by Kafka thing. And um, it, but it's so gorgeously drawn. There's the the line work on the page is incredible, especially when Corbin does faces. His faces in this are akin to if they had like a little twist, a little comedy twist would have appeared in Mad Magazine. You know, right, he could okay. easily yeah. the dude in it looks a bit like a sort of elongated Hitchcock. Uh, the bad dude in this, and it, you can easily see Corbin doing a, like a Hitchcock Mad Magazine parody type thing. Um, yeah, g- absolutely gorgeous. You can find it in um, issue thirty three if you're looking for the back issues. You'll find that fairly cheaply, or in the vo- in um, in the volumes that you can get and download them, sort of thing. I did actually say to you guys the other day. So I've got the Vampirella hardbacks. I've got one to twelve, which are similar in. That they they've done that sort of graphic design thing where they all look the same on the shelf, which yeah. I love. When they change it, it fucking infuriates it's, us. It's it's comic fans. But the um they've done that with Creepy and Eerie, and they they, they did that a number of years ago. Um, for, but they've started releasing them as softbacks now, soft covers, and you can get them I think for twenty quid each. And I bought volumes one and one of Creepy and one of Eerie, and I think they're slowly releasing them through. I think almost like one or two, one of one almost one every month or every two months, and they're worth getting because they're lovely on the shelf. They really are nice. Um, no. I sent Tom one for his birthday this week, actually, funny enough. And oh, I there you it's go. lovely sitting there looking through the art. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Tom, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Happy belated uh, birthday, Tom. That's my one. Eerie the Pest. There you go. We've got to thank Tom nice. for uh, hosting the Drinker Draw on uh, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good fun one, that, actually. Yeah. 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 So it's time for the shout outs this week. Uh, who wants to go first? Shall I go first? I've we've just all, got the one. We've all got a shout out this week, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I don't know what your ones are, but I've my one. I've only got one this week, and it's get DUI three. It looks absolutely great. Drawn under the influence three. Um, some real standout stories in there, and um, we're all involved in it. As is Eamon, Eamon Clark, who's the editor, who's wrote the intro. And thanks, a big thanks to everyone who's um, worked to get this going, because the profits go to the mental health charity Mind. Yeah. And I think it's a really worthy charity. Mm, I agree. Um, stuff that we've ra- raised money for before at Tribute, and I know we we have as well. Um, and so go to duicomic.org 
www.bigcartel.com and get your you can i think there's still a couple of physical copies of issue two or there's um a bundle of um digital copies you can get that aim and sort of organize into a special sale issue two's i think dropped down i think 750 off the top of my head but this volume is it's a square it's a perfect bound a4 magazine it's brilliant and it's nine quid which is great value i have to say but thanks to everyone who's bought a copy and promoted it so far uh that's my one guys over to you nice dan, dan. What, what what have you got Nice one. Should I go next? Yeah. Hello? Oh, sorry, my inner cat. Uh, I've got a title, uh, DY3, uh, oh, just come out, okay. uh, published by Eamon Clark. It's got a whole host of uh, people's work in that. Uh, many from the Awesome Comics Slack group. Uh, oh, cool. Can, it's nine quid. You can buy it at uh, uh, It's an absolutely chunky book, A4, perfect bound. It's a lovely piece of work. I've uh, read it through today. I had that flip through the other day. It's it's great. Vince got work in there. I've got work okay. in there. You've got work in there, T. We could go on and on and on. You're yeah, in there with it. Helena. It's lovely. Yeah, She's the, done the, a lovely job. Helena's done, and yourself have done a bang up job on that one. It's really Thank good. You, mate. Uh, and I don't think I mentioned that the money uh, made uh, goes to mine, the charity. All oh, that that's great. Oh, good news. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to help us help a charity, please buy. Go to the thing, go buy it, and uh, share the link around when possible. It. Yeah, yeah. Yes. brilliant stuff. Cool, I'm nice a, one. What about I you, Vince? Got, I've got, I actually got a shout-out this week. Oh, nice one, mate. What is it? <laughs> yeah. It is, well, it is a beautiful book. Uh, it's got a cover by our pal, an amazing artist, Ian Ashcroft. Oh, brilliant. Nice. Love Ian's work. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a stunning cover. because And this book is drawn under the Influence Issue 3. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, I know yeah. about this. It's a, oh, it's nice a one. great charity anthology. Uh, filled with uh, brilliant work from loads of great uh, creators, a lot of them from the Awesome Comics Podcast community. So big shout Real. out to anyone who took took part in this this book. And uh, you know, if you did, shout out about it. You know, uh, let everyone know where to get a copy. I mean, you can get a DUI comic dot dot com, but proceeds do go to the mind mental health charity so it's good work oh nice work that sounds it's great all for a good cause and it's it's great comics if you actually um go to the website there's also What's that, Vince? you can cat that is duicomic.bigcartel.com you can get as well as a printed copy of the book that i'm talking about or, or if you just if you want digital you can get digital as well but there's also a mega pack of a one two and three Oh, there you go. For only £6. Oh, that's um, good value. Full of so many great comics, all for a great cause. So please, please, please go and support it. Um, don't let the fact that it's got our logo on it somewhere <laughs> put you off. Hold you back. Because <laughs> it's it's seriously amazing comics. So, yeah, so that's the shout-outs this week. Oh, nice one. Nice yeah. varied shout-outs there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think it's time for us to recommend some comics. Uh, we're, the the show's going on a bit. <laughs> so We've gone long. We haven't even had a guest. God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't half uh, waffle a lot. Um, but we're not going to let you uh, carry on with your days without having some great titles to add to your wish list. Uh, Dan, you're going to go last this week, aren't you? Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, Tony, you start us off with your first. Well, I've got one, I think. Have you read it yet? Yes. Oh, you cool. going okay. to start with that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll start with that one. Then we, cool. you're going to chime in on that as well, aren't you? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so The Hunger in the Dusk, uh, issue three, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Chris Wildgoose. Colors Ooh, by. Daddy! Yeah. <laughs> colors by. We're promoting this on the grounds that we want our original art to be worth more. Uh, colors by. <laughs> 
Musik, Musak, uh, letters by Simon Boland, editor to Maddie Hatton, Maggie Howe, published by the IDW, 36 pages, 3.99, not bad value, actually. Um, I'm going to be careful when I talk about this because this is the third issue. People may not have caught up on it yet. So I'm going to talk about it, an overview, V. I don't think we should really touch a lot of the beats. Oh, I, I don't want to, uh, no, I don't want to talk so much about its story because it's an ongoing story. Dan, you haven't yeah. read this, have you? Uh, I have read it. I read it today. Okay. okay. Oh, good man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I we I also want people to buy the issues because um singles the sale of single issues does tend to dictate what kind of collection if any will get and I want a lovely oversized hardback oh, so please, I think you need yes. to, everyone please go and buy the singles of this as well um now this year I've just put it online actually I've read over 4000 books this year and only 26 new books that I've read made it in out to a 10 out of 10 this is easily one of them mm. um all three issues um de- absolutely definitely written by G Willow Wilson she yeah. pushes so we 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 talked about this on issue one. There's a conflict between humans who are who are together with the orcs and this invading group called the Vangles. Um, and the team up it, the the team up is pushed. We we find it more interesting. There's more dynamics. There's a there's a little maybe lingering romance going on that we we called in issue one. I think you remember. Yeah. Um, there's there's been a death. I can't say who. Um, and there's been a discovery um, of something that the vangles are doing in order which is furthering their ability to fight the war which is interesting and that and that's kind of a big bump in the story arc um it draws you in this story like all good comics uh what it does and this is through both the writing and the design and actions of the characters is you fall in love with the good guys in this book Mm. you really do begin to really like them um christian's design work he's got to be one of the best design designers in this sort of genre i think oh it's absolutely lovely yeah yeah, to such a point that there's a variant cover, which I must see if Gosh you've got, which is just one of his designs on the cover. It looks absolutely lovely. Um, but when you look at it, this book is a lot of things. I mean, it's easy to just say it's a a book inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. And I guess in a way from a sort of promotional, put my promotions head on it, it's not a bad place to go for a comics book at the moment because yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is massive, isn't it? You know, at the moment. Yeah. But it's also, it's a war book. You feel the war that's going on in this yeah. country. You know, it's a team book. Because you've got all these disparate characters, you could, the the archer. I forget his name at the moment. He's my favourite character. He's clearly me, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's uh, Conway. Conway. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's a. It's it's a fantasy. He's, got, he's got some of the best lines in this. He is good in this issue, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's spot on, isn't he? He's. It's a fantasy epic, and it's also a romance story. But none of that is forced on you. The romance uh-huh. is not forced. There's a, there's a lovely scene as the morning comes up. That's all I'll say about it. Um, I, I know IDW have dumped a lot of their ongoings recently. A couple of our friends have suffered through it, haven't they, um, yeah. having ongoing books. But um, I really do hope that they stay with this. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, and know. isn't it lovely when your friends do well? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. nothing better, is it? One know? thing I liked about it is like one of their party falls, and it's not just they all just carry on as normal. They're, everyone's kind of like has a bit of emotional baggage that they got to yeah. deal with. And some of them who kind of like who were kind of road hard veterans are like, yeah, this happens. It's still horrible. Think and what they do, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. it plays into their almost like quasi religious backgrounds of how they treat death, death differently, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They have these sort of things that they do. While the warriors who are on the road, you know, constantly dodging trouble, they're they accept the death, but they don't go through this massive ceremony. And the orcs yeah. are saying to them, "Well, why not? Why don't you do this?" Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting concept, and it plays in. I mean, it's talking about now. It's talking about religion and stuff now. It's talking about, let's face it, a lot of conflicts between two people who 
perhaps should yeah. be getting on better you know there's no yeah. need for it you know? and it, and it's and it's showing uh you know i mean chris's work is is amazing in this book one thing i notice about because I, I read it like the sort of guided view on the digital right um and you wouldn't know it just looking at page by page he's got a looser style in this i think so yeah, yeah. i think and, so definitely and, and it adds yeah. and it adds a real a bit of energy like, to it yeah yeah there's a sort of sketchiness is the wrong word that's doing a disservice to it but you know there's a looseness to like the, the faces and stuff and i noticed yeah, when there's right. one character almost running away at one point yeah the van gogh that's when i really i went ah oh, right he's he's feeling out that page more it's more i don't know if it's more instinctual for him or not it's hard yeah. to say putting new words yeah. in someone's mouth but, but yeah it feels that way i, I think i prefer it yeah uh, and everything yeah. flows so beautifully i mean mm. i mean the colors by a massacre just phenomenal you know these yeah. talk about an artist and a colorist tailor made for each other and the story they're telling it's working really well the two but, of them i got i've got i had never really read much by g willow wilson i've got massive respect for her as a writer no, i tell you from this yeah. i think it's yeah, really good this yeah. is I, I i'm the same i haven't read it too much but this is just completely won me over there's there's dialogue you know that is both heartfelt emotional without being over the head with it there's there's layers to the emotional storytelling and the relationship stuff going on. And when you say relationship, you think romantic relationship, but no, just interact interaction between characters. characters yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot going on, and also I'm a, I'm a lover of just sometimes you read something or you see something in a movie and you just think, fucking hell. When the writer wrote that line, they must have thought, I'm gonna put down the keyboard for the day because that's a cracking line. Um, yeah. And this is this this book is full of wonderful sort of poignant moments, um, and Conway has one of the lines that really stuck out to me, um, because he's having a sort of heart to heart with um, Tara, who's like the orc girl who's with the sort of the human heroes, should we say? They're not all strictly human, but and that's when you get to know him a bit more don't you? you haven't really spent spent so much with this character and he's older um and he says this line he says sometimes it's hope that leads us to make mistakes and she says that's horrible he goes i but it's a lesson you might as well learn now and it's that sometimes it's hope that leads us to make mistakes was such a good line yeah because it says so much magical you know? thinking man yeah yeah because cause obviously we see hope and hope and rightfully so is a good thing it's something we should always have but it does also in the rush it's not realism to, is it? to follow yeah. it um it leads to things that don't necessarily go right but at the same time and that's what that page of dialogue is is that sort of like yes there are mistakes but we learn from mistakes it, that that whole sort of interaction and dialogue between two characters who you know haven't had so much interaction in, in the previous issues was so beautifully and deftly written um that it just really caught me um and then you get on to the artwork and uh, to be honest fucking that last page i know he's doing digital on this can you imagine how much like the team shot on the last page yeah. when you when you think okay give me that next issue now which this series keeps doing uh, yeah, the artwork on the last page was just sort of like, well, there you go. There's a poster. There's the. If that was the original page, he'd be absolutely la- <laughs> laughing. Yeah. But yeah, this this book is going to be one of my books of the year. 
just it's already there yeah. it's, it's the, the way i am with the sort of narratives and storytelling that i like at the moment this is everyone on You're this on book is absolutely fucking killing it for me and yeah. uh yeah can't wait for the next one yeah well done christian yeah nice send me some, yeah, yeah he texted me about it the other day saying how yeah. pleased he was I, I love yeah. I love the the next issue sort of because the next issue shows because Christian does these wonderful frames you've seen them in porcelain and Hunger in the Dust continues yeah. that wild so goose the art, the art deco frames the art deco yeah, a bit like Fables does a similar thing yeah. I wonder if that's a sort of trope for a fantasy setting you know yeah but it, it gives you a hint much like every classic sort of old prose pulpy fantasy novel gives you a hint to things you you may not actually see the the specific scene that that is showing but it gives you a hint to the action that's going to be there and already the two things that are the focus of the next issue I'm like this is going to be interesting I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes so yeah and it contains people who look like they can throw a punch yeah yes yeah we do thank like god that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And also instantly likable. Yeah, you just, you just look at them and just think, "I like that person." Good. Uh, which is going to hurt more when they all die. Well, I hope the archer doesn't do any nude scenes because yeah. he'll get me back round to do some modelling for him. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh god. Okay, uh, I'm going to jump in now with uh, my one, my issue one this week, um, my ongoing saga, is an AWA book. I saw the latest uh, issue on Comicsology. It was issue three, and I thought, interesting cover. Let's have a look, see if issue one's a bit cheaper. It was, so I bought it, <laughs> and then I read it. Uh, <laughs> then you then read all of the issues. And then I enjoyed it so much, I kind of went back and uh, just kept reading. So this is Fair enough. The Madness, issue one that I'm going to talk about. I have read the next two issues. There's three issues available. This is Pencils and Cover by... Aco. Now this is ACO. They've done some work for Marvel. I believe they did a Nick Fury series for Marvel, and they did like a Midnighter series. Uh, oh, okay. It's by David Lorenzo. Colors by Marcelo Mialo, and letters by Sal Cipriani. It had some variant covers, as all comics do now. But this is written by J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, I like this series. Yeah. I can say I'm someone that um, hasn't read so much of my ipad's going off next to me um <laughs> wants to talk to me um i haven't read so much of straczynski's work i know he's done an awful lot of uh comic book work Mate, never... the um spider-man 911 book was see, the, the one that won the art beautiful man just see, incredibly moving yeah um, i've not read that one yeah, yeah. Mid- midnight nation some of the stuff i did like midnight nation there, there was some mm. stuff that didn't really grab me um so much so it, this was like one he of comes stuff. and goes a bit from comics yeah. he's he's back again doing some stuff now isn't he i think yeah yeah and i was i was intrigued by this one um basically in the madness sarah ross has been using her power as a thief stealing from the rich and well keeping it until the day she stole from the wrong person a highly placed official who pressures the government to assassinate her the plot, aided, aided by so-called good superheroes sponsored by the government, misses her but wipes out her family. Driven mad by grief and laser-focused on revenge for the murderer of her family, Sarah and a hidden side of her personality, an imaginary friend who may be more real than she believes, goes after these super-powered operatives determined to take revenge at any cost. Um, it's just straight-up Death Wish revenge. <laughs> Okay. Book okay. Cool. Um, but with the with a superhero vibe. Now, normally, I'm not 
I could take or leave a lot of like other kind of side sort of superior stuff. Um, and I started, and I, th- I thought, oh, I give this, give this a go. And I was reading it, and it starts off this character, uh, Sarah, who is pretty much just a super powered uh, thief, um, and she has a lot of powers, but she can only pick like one at a time. You know, if if she's invulnerable, then she has to switch that off in order in order to be super strong, or she has to switch that off in order to fly. You have to pick those sort of things. Uh, so um, and uh, so she goes and she s- smashes and grabs only from rich people, basically takes from the rich and keeps for herself and sort of lingers, you know, just goes under the radar. Um, and she finds out about this stash. And uh, it's certainly it's he- heavily armed. And you start off with a scene of it's a discussion between her and her partner um, leading up to the heist which is just her basically smashing grabbing and and slamming into everything and then taking all the gold but then you have the aftermath and this issue one is very much it feels very real worldy in a sense because there are the lingering after effects of government officials talking about this and the country it took place in and just the, the president gets involved and the decision is made that they have to go after this person they after this thief and take take them out but the only way to take them out is to drop a bomb on them <laughs> <laughs> uh so they find out where she where she is and uh they they talk to this this council of superheroes the classic the council of justice it's very very loose it doesn't give them overly you know we know the allegories we've we've seen it we've seen enough kick-ass we've seen enough the you know all these different versions whether it be from miller ennis all these other versions of the justice league that we see we get another sort of version here of different sort of characters talking around a table deciding what they could do and when they make the vote of like should we do this there's only one character um, who seems to be, I would say, the Wonder Woman allegory. She's the one that's like, we we can't do this. Why is this a good idea? Why are you deciding to murder someone? Um, and they make the choice, and they get the bomb. And what? It, literally, it is a character. It's one of the heroes that takes this bomb over to the site. And the way it sort of cuts together is so beautifully because her partner and their kids. They find they go to this secret place where she was hiding away, and she's happy, and it's all wonderful. And as it's doing so, you can see the hero in the sky, <laughs> and they literally just drop the bomb <laughs> on them. And what's left is the aftermath of a giant crater, and this poor woman in the centre of it, surrounded by ash, and you completely see her just breakdown there's more elements to it and i highly this is a big recommendation this because it was just handled so definitely because the story's just done so well and she's just breaking down just absolutely like what's happening what's happening you you can see that she survived this bomb blast and she's she just sort of says i'm you know i'm done oh god what am i gonna do i'm gone and then another figure appears and just sort of says i'm not because it turns out part of sarah's personality and it is you discover more in issue two so i don't want to give too much of it away um part of her powers are this personality right and but in the in the following issues okay there's a there's a real character development about it and basically when sarah broke the personality broke and the personality 
is basically all the powers. And if you imagine a Charles Bronson, like a Superman-like character, just deciding, I'm going to murder everyone who did this to me and took everything from me. Um, it's so well done. I was hooked. I, I At first, I will say that the art caught me off guard because, and I'll send you chaps in the, in the WhatsApp, there's something about this art that, if I use the term, uh, it, it poses the program, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I you did, said this on the chat, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. If you if you use that term, you immediately think. Yeah. You know, you, you see where it's going. There's certain panels where I feel like a reference or some sort of poser sticks out a bit. Okay. Right. But then it sort of gets around it, and before I know it, there's there's panels that work really, really well. Some of it looks like there's a maybe a CG render of a person that this person's then sketched over and. You know, lots of fo- photo reference. Was it? Is it them sort of finding their feet with the style, and then I as it gets further in, they sort of move I away from that? Or? They seem pretty established with it. There, there's a certain, um, in some points, there's a certain lifelessness to the eyes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there's also other panels where there's so much in the eyes. Do you know what I mean? There's so there's some panels that really completely work. Um, I think it strikes strikes me one of the hints to it maybe those sort of things going on. There's not really, or there hasn't been yet, a really sort of one on white, one on one fist fight between two characters. Do you know what I mean? There hasn't been anything like that. Okay. The way it's cut to cut together is handled so deftly and so well. There's a the the design of the pages really feel quite sort of maddening. Like there's loads of craziness going on. There's a page in issue two where two characters on the top of this base find a little sort of um i think a number plate from the bomb site and while they're looking at it, trying to figure it out in the reflection of that that sort of plate you can see the 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 madness which is the character for want of a better term like getting closer to them in the distance almost like a shark starts off as a dot and they're just flying down at an immense pace it's a it's a brutal story. It go it goes to some sort of dark places because a death wish type revenge story should. But I was just really Straczynski's writing in this. There's there's real emotion. I mean, you said about that Spider Man issue, Tony. That like yeah. to be able to um, take a take a sort of tale we've we've heard before, but write it in a way, especially when you deal in like political machinations of like. Uh, a superheroes or supervillains you know actions sometimes that can really sort of dull it down or slow the tempo of a superhero book um it's all handled so well in this there's there's lots more yeah i think on. he knows what he's doing i think yeah yeah he knows what he's doing and this this really took me out uh, took me by surprise i think the covers do it no justice the cover of issue one does it absolutely no justice uh, the covers. Yeah, I agree, just... man. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not very eye-catching, is no, it? That cover. No. But the the cover for issue two and three, three especially, um, totally more eye-catching. Do you know oh, what I mean? cool. to- Totally sort of get it on. Uh, so yeah, if you see the madness by AWA, it's one of six, um, and so far it's moving, okay. at, moving at quite a pace. And uh, bad things happen to people in this book, so just <laughs> just be warned. But thoroughly enjoyed it. Another another win for the number one box cool uh tony nice one. you gotta we... read that one i recommended last week you gotta get on that i want you on board that fucking train 
I want you on it. I want you addicted to it. Okay. Right. You know the one I said. The one yeah, I said yeah, about yeah, the yeah, rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah baby, you'll love that. What are you recommending this week, Tony? So my second one is Ugly Mug Seven, um, the most recent volume in the Ugly Mug um, series. It's it's kind of a small press anthology with a very sort of art house edge. I'm going to say that. Okay. Um, part art book maybe, um, or certainly sketches. Published by the House of Harley, who is also one of the creators in it. £25, which I'm, I'm going to say is a little bit high for this sort of size of anthology. Um, I bought it at the Satanic Flea Market. Um, cover is by Eston Pettigrew. I'm going to say the cover um, kind of evokes late 80s, early 90s rave culture iconography, in a way. Um, okay. Yeah, it does that. Um, some of the names involved, Ed Pinson, uh, Denny Derbyshire, John Bagnall, Hal Weaver, Tom Baxter, Tiffin, Patricia Gainat. Jason Atomic, Savage Pencil, Massa Man, Alberto Montero, and Jim Barker, Oxide Guy, and House of Harley, as I mentioned. This volume is de- is dedicated to Chris Reynolds, who um, I think must have passed away through the, sometime during the making of it. Um, some of my faves, uh, Meet Your MP from John Bagnall. Now, this if I did a podcast recently. Um, not enough people have listened to it because I was really pleased with it, with, with me and Amy were really pleased with it, so go and listen to it, about Ronald Searle, um, who is considered by many to be the greatest illustrator in, you know, in the history of UK art. I just say, I listened to that and it's fucking great. That the oh, guy's, thank you, mate. What that guy gets up to, his life story is nuts. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was one of the prisoners in Burma on the... Uh, oh, it's incredible anyway. So go yeah. listen to that. But this guy kind of, he's almost evoking him a little bit in that um, Searle had a habit of drawing teachers from his school and the way that the teacher looked was reflected in their name and also in their personality that you can see through this single image. And John Bagnall does this, but he does it with MPs. And with this, you can almost, from their appearance, kind of guess their politics. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you've got Herbert Buckingham, who's clearly going to be a conservative. You know, Jack Spanner, who's clearly like a <laughs> Labour union man. You know, it's like that. Yeah. That's what you get with it. Uh, Bessie Baker, Giles Wynne Pater, and Quentin Lefay. You get these characters. So that's a quite a fun one. It's only a half page strip. It's the same as the next one, which is a recurring one called Marky Smith Music Teacher by House of Harley. And it's a half page strip about um, how it would be if that dude from The Fall taught you to play the guitar or the violin or something. Um, and it, it's formatted like a Sunday funny. In, but And it appears in a number of installments throughout the issue, but it's really good. I, I just like it. At one point, he tells this girl, stop playing with a bow and stop playing with a hacksaw. You know, it's like that. So it's... Uh, um, <laughs> Dog Breath by Savage Pencil, which is a one-pager on how a dog's intentions lay somewhere between vomiting behind the sofa and then eating it again and the destruction of the world. Savage Pencil is something of a legend. I know he was at the standing flea market. I didn't get the chance to meet him this time around, but yeah, he's good. Uh, Respecto by Hal Weaver, which is a fuck it. I really dug this mm, off the wall, totally. Um, a wooden-faced man from the Matoko tribe in the Congo wanders about meeting equally strangely designed people creatures and demanding they give him respecto um nobody understands him and then a bird does a crap on his head in the last page and that's you can get i can get behind that sort of strips like that it's just interesting and just off the wall you know i'm I'm glad there's a space for people to do stuff like that uh seminal surprises <laughs> or seminal surprises as it may well be called <laughs> by the house by the house of harley and it's um a visual and aerodynamic appearances of arrows, birds, carrots, penises, and keys as they fly from left to right across the page, and that's what it is. But it doesn't—it does make you think. Oh yeah, that does look a bit like an arrow, doesn't it? You know, you sit there thinking, oh yeah, it's like that. So it's fun. Um, 
it's an, it's an anthology, so not so not everything hits. How many anthologies are there where everything hits? Other than I don't know if you heard uh, of it, DUI three. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, it's um, rare because certain stories speak to certain people, so then yeah. it's not all gonna it's not always gonna be a hit. Yeah, exactly. Um, otherworldly that goes on a little too long. I think they made the mistake with that one. Each panel is a page, and I don't think it needed to be. I think that could have been laid out slightly different. House of Harley inserts lots of page breaks as well, which seems to be from like a life drawing class. I'm going to say. Okay. Um, but they speak to the layout of the magazine, which I almost there's an instinctual feel to them, which I found interesting um, in placement and design. One at one point they become a comic strip of their own. They what's a lot of them are single images on a page, but then they become multiple images on a page that provide movement. And the very last one um, is a woman with her back to the reader, naked, but back, back to the reader. Um, in other words drawing a close to the magazine which i find interesting that's an interesting concept they're using that single image page break to dictate how your mind's working when you're reading a comic i suppose mm. interesting um there's so much more ab abstract images in it as well interesting experimental mix of comics and art often both at the same time if you go to house of harley h-a-r-l-e-y house of harley.net forward slash shop you can get issues and other the older issues of it i think um it goes back decades i think this this comic on instagram there house underscore of underscore harley and same on twitter and on facebook you can find the house of harley as well but uh it's a valuable resource for um some great underground creators savage pencil um jason atomic's got a story in there the, all these people ed pinson who you don't really find much else otherwise it's hard to find the thing with small press it's almost like being an archaeologist isn't it? you've got to dig yeah. away till you find things sometimes yeah um but yeah i really enjoyed this one yeah good that's it um nice. and so that's volume seven of ugly mug go find it there you go nice one okay so dan you are the final recommendation for this yeah week. yeah not you but the comic you've not got me. yeah, yeah. I, I always yeah. recommend daniel butcher it's standard <laughs> yeah. recommendation yeah <laughs> well, nothing. no sorry before um the recommendation dan dan do you think uh, <laughs> we should do our theatrical performance now Yes, it's a good place. It's yeah. a good place. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Tony Esmond to uh, just introduce the awesome comics podcast, the piece, theatre, the performance. Should we say where it's from? Yeah. Uh, okay. You say so, where it's from, Dan. Nathan uh, Cowdery's War Epic Volume Two. Volume Two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the magical world of the ACP players. Uh, with me tonight to delight you are Vincenzo Hunt, who will be playing the Commandant. Hello there. And Dangerous Daniel Butcher, who will be playing the One-Eyed Man. Good evening. Good evening. As the story opens, we return from a flashback. The One-Eyed Man has told the Camp Commandant the story of how he lost his eye during a break in the rehearsals for the play they are um, they are preparing to show the rest of the camp. The pair are sat looking out from a ledge on the castle prisoner of war camp and slowly each one muses on the story. Over to the one-eyed man. The battle for North Africa was finally over. We had won. And yet, as I stood on the top deck of the ship and watched the great deserts of Egypt fall away behind me, I couldn't help but wonder, what had I lost? The pair sit there quietly, looking out in different directions. On the rocks below, seagulls gather. I suppose I'll never know. No, you won't. 
but that's okay. Some questions in life we never get the answer to. The Commandant has placed his hand on the knee of the one-armed man. One-eyed man. Whoa! Hold on. Don't misinterpret that. That was just a supportive gesture. The one-eyed man looks down embarrassed. It was. The one-eyed man looks sideways at the Commandant. Oh, you think I'm gay now? Is empathising gay? Feeling compassion for another man? Oh yeah, that's really gay, huh? The camp commandant leads forward, his arms crossed. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you I understand how it feels to lose something. Well done, gentlemen. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Brilliantly performed. Daniel, wonderful work as always. Thank you. That really underscores the the main theme running through (laughs) Nathan Gowdry's uh, War Epic Volume 2, where in issue one, the Commandant was an absolute monstrous, sadistic figure, like heaping misery upon the people he had uh, control over. In this, it cuts to him uh, at the start of the comic auditioning for a play. Yeah. (laughs) He has all the inmates coming on one by one edition for a play, and he's absolutely doing his best job to sort of work through them, see what he's got, to see if he can put on the best performance he can. And through rating them uh, and getting this planned away, <laughs> his, supports, <laughs> his support staff, who are absolute monsters, uh, all used to be sort of like slayers and men, like they got horns, cloaks, machine guns, and... <laughs> They, they sort of conspiring together to sort of say, look, he's got to stop this. He's going way too far. And they're saying, look, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to uh, Berghoff tomorrow and like he'll listen to the Fuhrer and like get the Commandant to change his ways. But the Commandant is absolutely resolute in sort of sticking to the, 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 the course and, and getting this production underway. And through it, you get a series of flashbacks, one by the, the one-eyed man, as we saw, and he tells his time back in North Africa, uh, and a, a totem that he finds while digging. It's crazy. It's not quite, I'd say the, the, the comic's not quite as sadistic as it was in the first one. Yeah, I agree, man, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's distracted a little bit by the flashback for me. The, the flashbacks are longer. I, I yeah. enjoyed them, but like I say, maybe the, the North African one where he's talking about the totem. It's, I find it, I really want to know why. what's up with the girls' faces. They're kind of like manga-like, doll-like faces that, show almost little emotion but it's through every single one of his books yeah they're, they're like an idealized face but the the characters in the previous ones i can't remember the book but like they're absolutely yeah. monsters and it's made even worse so because they've got this kind of like these dull eye features that are kind of almost emotionless eyes with like hints of a smile and stuff it's- yeah there's there's one female and she does a so he, he, he she's trying to get in the play and she does a little performance for the panel auditions and um and he says, wow, when you came up here, I didn't know what to expect, but I must admit you surprised me, says the camp commandant. And she says, thank you, commandant. I always give 100%. And he says, no, you surprised me how shit you are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just absolutely crazy. Um, that one thing he talks about, like, uh, he's, he's second in command. And, like, I can't, I'm just trying to find the bit where, like, he's sort of saying, well, back in the day, what he used to be like. Okay. Uh, you can yeah. send my response back to Adolf Schittler. 
He writes the letter on his ass and throws it. And he goes, uh, I've sort of lost myself. I've, and uh, even my right-hand man, Darkstorm, once provided once driven by divine purpose, there's a picture of him on the hill with a cloak and a spear of a head on it. And now he's like at a desk, like reading all these letters. He's like, now he's a snuffing one, the sniveling bureaucrat. And there's a picture of the scene of him on the mountain with the, the head on the, the, the spear behind him. And he's completely lost his way. And I, I don't know where it's going to go for the no, next one. Because, yeah, not yeah, Because all, yeah. these, all these campmates are sort of conspiring against the commandants. So say, you can't keep doing this. It's not right. All the other horrible shit is doing in volume one, fine, but putting on a play is just <laughs> just the fucking limit. So, I was yes, great. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked uh, both of volumes. So I got to say, I didn't originally get volume one when you did V, but uh, T. But when they both come up on this, I got both. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. that's great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, all this stuff is just brilliant. And if you want to check that out, that's the secret headquarters.bigcartel.com. You can find uh, Nathan all over uh, Instagram. Just type in his name, and I got mine from Gosh actually. Gosh, nice. mine signed. Gosh, got some signed nice. copies. Yeah, nice. I bought both of mine for a couple of quid, and they posted it through. I I paid for it Tuesday. I had it in my hands on Thursday. Oh, That's nice. Amazing. That's good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so many great comics for you all to go out and dig up and read and enjoy. And recommend to um, your loved ones because you mm. are our loved ones because you mm. listen to this show. You put up with all, all the piss talk at the beginning to get to this bit. That's <laughs> great, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, great. Worth, it's worth it in the end. Um, but we um, hope you enjoyed this week's show and everything that we talked about. Um, if there's several, if there's anything you want us to talk about in an upcoming show or any guests you want us to talk to or any, if you've got any kind of uh, comics-based stuff you want us to discuss maybe some process stuff there's several different ways you can get in touch with us you can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com follow us on the uh, social channels at the awesome pod we also have the slack community which is uh, full of wonderful creators readers fans of comics all kinds a uh, great group of people there's loads of different channels on there for different discussions from podcast discussions to ranting to memes to <laughs> kickstarter talk to, to art threads to sales it, all kinds of stuff is going on there and there's something for everyone but more most importantly it's a very welcoming and very lovely group of people on there so get involved. yeah it's friendly if yeah. you want if you want to get involved just get in touch with us and we'll we'll add you to the group and away you go there's no vetting any no. everyone's welcome no yeah yeah just be nice and be good people. If you listen to this show, there's a good chance you are a good person. There you go. I said it. Uh, whether you listen to uh, this show on the website, awesomecomments.podbean.com. If you listen on Apple, then uh, please just leave a, leave a nice review. Subscribe. Just helps get the word out about the show and all the comics we talk about on a weekly basis. I was about to say daily, but... Well, we talk about comics every day. To, we do to talk fair. about comics yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so we... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're also on other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What are the networks are we on, Tony? We're on the we're on the Pod Network. My name is Michael Kane, and my neighbour is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. There's a WhatsApp discussion. <laughs> that uh, fucking it, made it, my morning it, when I found that. It, it, it's a joke. Um, but where can people find us online, etc.? Tony, neveronanything.com. Dan, 
Uh, I don't know where you can find me now. I'm fucking sick of Twitter. You can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. I'm That's, posting up yeah. the, the Rob, Rob Tober and Lo- Rob everyone Tober. else yeah. is doing really well at the, the Inktober, whatever they oh, are. Oh, it's yeah. going so well on the yeah. Slack, isn't it? Good. Yeah. 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 Follow Dan. Oh, don't forget Patreon we got a graphic. Well. Don't forget. Yeah. Get on Dan's Patreon. I'm got it. It's well worth the money. And don't forget we've got a graphic gospel out, issue, issue two. Yes. Uh, where are you going to get a comic for £1.99? To be fair, I haven't really read it yet. You're going to get it from it. Tribute. You're going to get it from Tribute, and it's uh, you can watch me having sex with prostitutes. Nice. And get the comic. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me on social media price. at Jester Diablo. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this week's show, folks. Hope you're enjoying your horror comics and getting ready for Halloween like we are. Um, got to be careful with how much candy we're going to eat. But... I'm drinking a lot at the moment. Uh, well, that, that's, that's drinking heavily. That's a completely different discussion <laughs> that we're going to have with him once we hang up now. Um, but when... <laughs> can we do that wherever you are in the world we hope you're happy healthy doing okay um because we love you very much and you like comics so we like you isn't that right guys yeah see tony i did say i didn't say you love them you said like i I like like people that's interesting i'll need to muse over that one okay so while tony muses over that read loads of comics make keep making awesome comics let us know about them so we can share about them on this show and uh, from Dan, Tony, and myself in Awesome Pod HQ, have a brilliant week. And uh, what's the other thing they should do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. See ya. See you later. Bye. spoil it all by saying something stupid like I like you that's going at the end <laughs>